What's up, people? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by High Performance Father. High Performance Father is a coaching program that has served thousands of fathers across the country in getting time back, mental and physical energy back, and reconnection inside their marriage and family to win the second half in life. How do they do it? They do it with daily coaching, accountability, performance tracking, and a champion environment which leaves no stone unturned in what has become the number one coaching program in the country for fathers. Alex, the founder of High Performance Father, has offered a special opportunity for listeners of this podcast to book in a consultation with one of the coaching team, normally valued at 500 bucks, completely for free. So if you're a father listening to this and you want to improve on all aspects of your life and become a true leader for the family, then you know what to do. Hit the link in the description of this podcast. This episode is also brought to you by Body Weight Built. Now, Bodyweight Built is your complete health and wellness solution. Pretty much all your fitness needs in one app. You'll get access to yoga, strength training, high-intensity training, unlimited workouts, unlimited access. Whatever you're looking for, I guarantee you it's in this app. There's over 15,000 workouts to choose from. 100-plus nutrition guides to follow. It's got fucking everything. So what are you waiting for? Best part about it, listeners of this podcast can get access for only $1 for the first month. $1! That's 100 cents! You know what to do. Hit the link in the description of this podcast to get started today. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Podcasting. Podcasting from Sydney, Australia. This is the Prime Podcast. Independent, unfiltered, and uncensored. Beginning in three... Two, one. Where are you? What part of Central you? Coast, New oh, South Central Wales. Coast now. Yes, my, my office is Erina. Um, moved up here about seven years ago. Travelled around with footy, playing playing sport. I was with the Panthers coming through and then a couple of years with the Dragons, fringe first grade. Um, I had nine operations over six years, man. Crushed me, completely destroyed me. So I bounced a bit, finished with the Rabbitohs and then actually played. I don't know if I got, it's actually behind that, my um, my Italian jersey. I played for Italy in the World Cup qualifier in 2011 against Lebanon over in yeah. Serbia, and that's that was my last game. Tore my shoulder out. That was crazy, man. I never felt more alone. You know, I was at the other side of the world. They didn't even speak English. They're, they're jabbing me with stuff that's not taking the pain away. The shoulder still popped out, and here's this big dude in short shorts. No one knows rugby league over in Serbia. They're shorter than soccer shorts. And everyone's just fucking looking at me and, it was a pretty crazy, pretty crazy experience, man. But that was the last game I ever played in 2011. But played played five Test matches for Italy, which I'm which I'm proud of. Yeah, we're very proud of that. It's not something that's an accomplishment to represent your country. Mm. Well, I think so. You had nine injuries. So were they mainly shoulders and knees, the typical league injuries, or? Yeah, four on the knee. First major injury is when I was with Panthers. I uh, had a head clash with an Islander. Geez, they're tough boys. They got they got tough heads, and that's Hard not heads, paying man. out on them. They are just tough no, boys, man. That's that's the fact, isn't it? Oh, he just kept running and my jaw was shattered in three spots, completely broken, had to have it rewired, uh, repositioned and fractured my cheek too. So I had two operations for that. Uh, four on the right knee, so it's bone on bone, no cartilage, no meniscus, pretty pretty fucked at the moment. But um, but it's good. Like I look after, I still train, it's healthy, strong. Like I, I don't have pain. I just, I don't go running 10 kilometers, if you know what I mean, but just for the fun of it. And uh, yeah. and shoulders, shoulder recos, t- typical footy stuff, but uh very accelerated period, man. Like I started footy when I was you know, 19. So I accelerated quick through the ranks. Grew up with soccer and quick cricket. But yeah, those nine operations over a six-year period just crushed me. So you started playing league at 19? Correct, so you didn't yeah. play any juniors? 
No, I played one, one year under 13s, Division 4, local with St. Clair. Uh, quit like halfway through, didn't, didn't really enjoy it. Played mostly cricket and soccer. And then I was heavily overweight, obese, depressed when I was younger. Manus was pretty pretty bad place, to be fair. And took that into turning turning my life around with, with health and fitness. Dad set up a home gym, just got heaps of weight plates and all that sort of stuff. Typical wog made to go to all the auctions and stuff and just get yeah. all the gear, all the old rusty plates. But weight's the weight, weight's the same, right? And um started that so I've been training for like 23 years now and that's what turned me around and from there came second in the state and shot put all these different things it's like you know what I love rugby league I want to give it a crack I was very good at touch footy so I understood the rules in the game and mate just just went for it tried for St Mary's Saints then went up into Jersey flag then went up in a reserve grade then first grade um yeah it's pretty crazy when I look back now man but hey, the it, fact it's worth it. it and you started playing so like 19 that's a, not many players in first grade or even the reserve grades would have started when they're 19, but they all start back when they're sort of under sixes. Yeah. Yeah. The drop-off rate's massive too. Like SG ball, Harold Matts, like a Jersey flag to reserve grade. Like I was, I was a chump coming in a Jersey flag to Penrith, but there's only me and three others who made it to what was at the time, the St. Mary's Penrith Cougars. And that was reserve grade. So, so it was really weird. Like all these guys are better than me, but my work ethic and, and my, uh, my tenacity was just there, man, because I'd had so much adversity early in life and I was never going to go back to being that, that fat boy again. It was depressed, suicidal, bullied, picked on, no girls like me. It was, so it's very interesting, man. And, and I'm, I'm sure this will come in different patterns for other people, but the void of my life was continually filled with external measures. So whilst it was successful, it was always driven from a fear of failure, not, not a personal love for greatness. I think you need both. I definitely use and leverage both now, but the larger portion is that love for greatness. I'm here now. I am enough. Just like the men out there who, who are or will be listening, to, you are enough, but you're using more time and energy with your baseline. Don't stay there. What can we do? What is possible? And uh, that was a big revelation, man, because I went from that to competing internationally with CrossFit three years in a row at 111 kilos and six foot four. I shouldn't have been doing that. It's, CrossFit's more for a shorter guy with who's just muscle yeah. bound and believers and I'm doing fucking handstands and muscle-ups. Again, I'll show them. I'll prove them. I'll show, because they got torn away from me with rugby league, I wanted to show them what I was made out of. And and uh, whilst I was happy with that, again, fatherhood, man, completely different game changer, you know, like nothing brought the mirror apart in that, which meant because I was looking outside to prove myself so much when I was under that different kind of pump in being a provider, a leader of the family and other moving parts that brings the mirror up frequently, I collapsed, man. I, I fell down, which which led to some pretty pretty heavy shit in 2017 where I was living in my gym for a period of time. Um, I, was, I was about to leave my wife. I wasn't being the father I needed to for my firstborn. I've got three kids now and my body started falling down. It was, it was horrific, man. It was, um, yeah, it, it tore me in half, man. And then that's that's why, I'm, why I am here. But I guess, I guess just add lib on that, Chris. That's probably not a bad intro, mate. <laughs> no, mate it's, a, it's not bad at all. You know what? Well, I've seen... The, First of all, one thing I tell people that I get a lot of messages. Now, I'm definitely not a, 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 what do you call them, like a life coach or a guru, but people often ask, you know, what's one thing that you, especially at the moment, since we've been in lockdown for months and months, especially the east, the east coast of Australia, you know, Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, I say, you know what, just do something that, step out of your comfort zone. That's where, that's where you grow. If, if you spend 100% of your time in your comfort zone, you're not going to grow. You're not going to achieve anything. You're going to stay at the same level. You've become complacent. You know, you'll do the same things over and over again. Just, you know, I say to anyone, if you're going to take some time or take something from this period of time, step outside of your comfort zone and try something new. 
You know, something that, mate, I think last year in the lockdown, I learned how to ride a bike, a push bike. My, my whole life, I didn't know how to ride a push bike. I think I tried it once or twice, fucked up, fell off it and never tried it again. And, you know, my kids were starting to ride it. I thought, you know what, fuck, if my, if my three and four-year-old can, can start riding a bike, well, you know, I've got to have a crack. So I, I went down and bought a push bike and just attempted it. Um, and there's not a huge achievement, but for me, it was pretty big, you know, because it's something that I'd never done. It was, it was a challenge and I was uncomfortable doing it. Um, so the message I try to give to a lot of people is, is step outside of your comfort zone and try something new, even if it's small, whether you want to start cooking or, you know, start exercising, which a lot of people are doing, which is nice to see over the last few months. Just do something out of the ordinary that you wouldn't normally do. Uh, because that's it's great for your mental health and that applies to not just fathers but men women everybody if you do that it gives you that you know when you set out to achieve something then you achieve it it's that dopamine hit right you feel good you've accomplished something doesn't matter how small it is or, or how significant it may be just do something different and that's what i've been saying to a lot of people but i, I think we do get stuck in a, in a rut we, we do get complacent with our lives like the amount of people I speak to where they're like men on 50, you know, or ne nearing retirement age, even people who have retired, they say, I wish I would have done this 40 years ago. That's fucking depressing. When you hear a man at the back end of his life or back end of his work life anyway, saying that he wish he would have tried doing this 40 years ago, that's, um, it's depressing. And it's, it's not much, you know, it's just try, just do it. If you can, if you're in the position to try it, you got nothing to lose and everything to gain. So I think that's the message I try and get across to people in terms of pushing yourself further. But I stumbled across your video on Facebook. And as I was saying to you before we, we jumped on, that I tend to, like a lot of people, it's a very quick decision for me. So when I see a video, I give it five or 10 seconds, sometimes less. And unless it really captures my attention immediately, I'll just scroll through it. So your video when I saw it, I'm like, oh God, I kept watching and watching and watching it. Your message was so powerful in that video. It wasn't a long video. It went for a few minutes, but the message that you got across in that short amount of time, you said it in such a way as well, where it just, you listen. Like you didn't beat around the bush, you're directing to the point. And that's what I like. And that's when I, I come across you, I said your Facebook page and I went onto Instagram, like I've really got to chat to this guy because I feel like your message is missing uh, just across the board at the moment. And I feel like a lot of people will benefit from hearing what you have to say. So you run a, a business, Real Dad Movement. I can see it behind you there. And you've done a few, on your Instagram with a few other names. That, that, are they all your businesses or, or how many things do you have going at the moment? Yeah, correct, mate. You know, and firstly, appreciate that the feedback to man. Like this is this is a very powerful message, even for for women, for for wives, those who have a man in their life or don't, to get a greater not only appreciation, but understanding on how you can get the most out of your life by helping the man invest in himself. That's priceless. Like that's, that's, I guess, without the detrimental cost or, or lashing out at women, what has been an attack on men and masculinity for decades, bro. So when we're looking at this, I started to, well, fatherhood found me to be fair in, in terms of going through IVF failed attempts again and again, a lot of depressing states, a physical trauma for my wife, mental trauma for both of us when we sort of felt like it was never going to happen to now having three beautiful children. This message on top of the chaos that brought led to me starting Real Dad Movement, uh, which is our big, that's our big umbrella, mate, where it really is a, a platform to guide, inspire and show fathers a pathway to create 
the reality that they desire for themselves and their families and to know that it is possible because what you bring your attention to and focus on ultimately becomes the building blocks for your reality, Chris. And unfortunately, too many fathers don't know the possibilities out there. They're stuck in their own way, in their own mindset, the little voice inside, which is the judge and the victim inside of us that pulls us away from achieving what we can. I'm not saying I'm just going to visualize wings and all of a sudden I can jump off a building and fly. It's not about that, but it's about understanding that you are here to create, you're here to manifest over the incremental shifts every single day on standing up and expressing energy. And that's what life is, mate, an expression of energy. That's what's leading to a lot of disappointment for me right now because the energy you're seeing forced. Look, what you shared before, yeah, man, but the only thing I would really fear is regret. You're right. When it's too late, it's too late. Um, and we all experience fear. When people express fear, especially on other people, that doesn't fucking fly with me, man. And that's why I'm very disappointed with what we're seeing at the moment, which I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll dabble in in due course. But Real Dad Movement was born, mate, and from that, we have our elite coaching program, High Performance Father, and that's where we dive right in. And the men are spending time with me. They're spending one-to-one -one and we're really helping them on four key pillars that makes the man's life. You know, we're not here just to, to, to be a shoulder to cry on. We're not here just to give them a game plan on nutrition or health or fitness. It's about bringing all the parts together that every father needs internally and externally. And that's what I'm very proud of with our High Performance Father program. But on top of that, yes, mate, I've got a... You know, being someone who wanted to be this big Viking tearing people's heads off playing professional sport to also a man who can be the panda bear of the household where my kids are putting dresses on me and painting my fingernails. I've got two daughters and a son. It's it's a fantastic power to have, mate, because that is that is the steel and framework I have with absolute certainty that I can put on different hats and change gears however I want, which means, yes, I live an eggshell free life and I'm very direct at times, but also I'm incredibly submissive, man, which we'll dive into when it comes to the dynamic of the man and woman in the household. I'm not some tyrant at the cost of the woman. My wife runs the show in many areas, just like I do. There are two pairs of pants that need to be worn, but for the man and the woman, and that's not role relevant either. But ultimately, yeah, man, you know, we've got real tea for real men, which is phenomenal. How are we helping fathers with their nighttime routines and rituals? I have my own supplements company as well to help fathers dive into a nicer sleep to help them rejuvenate and wake up for the day. Nothing that's heavy stimulant because there are a lot of chemical and emotional shifts inside of us that really not only affect our physiology, man, but our mindset and what we're going to get out and after the day with on where we position our perspectives. And then I've got Dad Strong, which is our online store where we provide a range of different things, including services and coaching courses and programs. That in a, certainly not to plug all of that, but you asked the question, mate, that in a nutshell is, is what I have created. And I'm not alone, man. I've got an amazing team of 10 other coaches with me. And it's, it's something I'm very proud of, man, that we will be taking and we are taking, but we will continue to take far and wide. Yeah, but it's a risky business. I mean, when you think of, and I'm guilty of this myself, is that sometimes we all get, we do get set in our ways and, and men tend to, you know, I know best. I don't need another bloke telling me what to do. I can run my own household, right? So it would have been a risky, like when you would have thought about, listen, I want to sort of do this and this is the message I want to get across even though you had good intentions, I mean, in terms of a business itself, it would have been quite risky because I'm sure you get a, a lot of men saying, you know, oh, I don't need it. I'm, I'm right. Or, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. Don't, you can't tell me what to do. You don't know my life and my kids and my situation. And so how did you, like when you started the business, how did you find it immediately? Was there good feedback straight off the bat or was it something you had to work on for a while to get, to get it across and sort of your, I guess your angle as to what, you're trying to do or did you just notice straight off the bat you had people coming through willing to to listen to what you had to say 
there are layers and levels to it, man, to be fair. You know, like the, the deeper I dive into the message, the the more genuine man I get actually reach out who does understand that he needs to change, but also the more backlash and criticism I cop. So it's very interesting. When I started out, I was running a gym at the time in Newcastle, and maybe it was more of just a generic be your best version and be the greatest you can be. And not that I've ever done things like, and it's no disrespect to those who have, but things like NLP courses and all the different, I don't want to, I don't want to cut into a mold of what's a cookie cutter of rinse and repeat. This is how you become some sort of coach, whether it's a life coach or any of that or counselor or psychologist. Again, that's no disrespect to them. It was just a message that I was like, fuck man, this is the needle that needs to be brought back to center and helping fathers. And the greatest way I can help fathers is through experience with these men. And these men teach me way more. We've served thousands of fathers now, mate. They teach me way more than I teach them, Chris. My skill set, though, as the alignment coach and the creator of this is ultimately taking everything they're in, giving me, and then finding the pinpoint precision approach they need to sort their shit out and get back in front 1% every day. Otherwise, it becomes a scattergun approach full of chaos. So in that respect, man, it took off reasonably well but sort of slowly in terms of the men the caliber of men and the commitment that he had but over time as the message has gotten deeper we've had higher standards and living more of that direct eggshell free life because no one has time to fuck around mate life goes pretty quick we've found um you know it's been a, a phenomenal response but it's also showed how broken most men are mate which is or they're breaking again i'm not here to tag guys but they are breaking this is why half the population gets divorced at 46 years of age just like that I'm not saying you need, I've been with my wife since high school. I'm not saying you have to stay together with the one person you found, but at least 80% of those 50%, if you went upstream, man, could have probably been reconciled. I mean, they got together for a reason, right? They spent a period of time together for a reason, right? But we're quite resilient as humans, but eventually we just break down, man. But you're right. It is an interesting message. It's a, it's a, it's a challenging one. Not so much for me because of the certainty I've created. Uh, you know, when you talk about comfort zones, the reason why it's uncomfortable for people is because it's unfamiliar. The way that you create certainty off uncertainty is taking action. So because of the action, the results of what we've done, yeah, the criticism, sometimes the abuse and the stuff that I cop on, on my platforms, it's worth it because the father I'm helping, I'm getting letters, you know, from his 11 year old, 11 year old daughter saying, thank you for turning my dad into the best version that he can be. He's now helping me become the best I can be. Like he's one of our, our members. This is his daughter who sent me a fucking letter. Like, how can you tell me that it's not worth doing that sort of stuff, mate? Or when wives are reaching out, sending messages saying, thank you so much. I've got my husband back. Like, mm. to be fair, I only cop probably out of the, the, the reach I have, I'd be lucky to be 5% criticism. So it's actually not really, you know, it's always that you focus on the minority or you focus on the problem, right? But you know, for, for the quarter of a million who might see one of my ads, you know, there's, there's thousands that are responding positively and there's 10 or 20 that are responding negatively. Right. So it's actually quite a small percentage, but it, very, it is very interesting, mate, just to finish on that note, that the only criticism I've ever copped has actually been from other fathers, like you pointed out, in terms of being told what to do. We don't tell them what, to, we, we show them how to think, how to perform, how to, how to win in family, self and service, three things that make their life. But it is very interesting that the only criticism I've ever copped has actually been from, from fathers, because the women get it when they see my approach. They understand that, hey, I'll have a better husband. The kids will have a better, better father. Um, and it's not that they're not enough, mate. It's just that we can always be more. I, I can too. And I'm proud of that. If I tried everything on my own, mate, we wouldn't be having this podcast right now. This wouldn't even exist. It would have fallen over. So I am proud that I actively and constantly seek help and ask for help. Always. There's no such thing as self-made, man. Like who comes walking, talking out of the womb, wiping their own ass, Chris? I'm yet to see that, mate. <laughs> so we all need some. We, we do. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's very interesting, man. But 
it's but but it's worth it you know in terms of the the criticism and what we what we cop and whatnot it's it is it is very small but i fucking believe for these men on the inside mate because it's worth it yeah mate you need those you need that criticism too like i get a lot as well obviously on my platforms i get quite a lot of messages but i think i'm at the point now where i don't really even see them um and i try not to focus too much on them but then you you can get good criticism constructive criticism you do this a little bit differently or try this or I didn't really like what you did there. And you got to take that on board. I do. If someone's got a valid point, I think, you know what, shit, they're right. I could have done that differently. I'll take that on board. I don't go, you know, fuck you. I'll, you know, and just classify them as just a troll. I'll take it on and I'll listen and I'll try and, you know, use it to, to improve myself and whatever it is that I'm doing. But you do want, you, you do want a few of those people around, because I'll tell you what, if you don't have any hate whatsoever, it means you're not doing the right thing. Hmm. Hate can be a, a, a sort of a, a guide to, okay, I've got a few people now commenting these things and a few trolls. That tells you you're doing something right mm. to a certain extent. So there's definitely more than one way you can look at criticism. But as you said, mate, you're happy to put up with a bit of criticism and, and bullshit comments here and there if it means that you know, you're doing, as you said, 5 or 10% of, of, of comments are negative and the rest are positive. So... You know, if we're talking in that fraction, well, then who cares? It's irrelevant. The majority wins. But you're right. We do live in a time where you're walking on eggshells, where majority of people are. And when you say something, like the approach that you have, that's what got my attention, right? Because it's so different to everything else I'm hearing. You're direct and to the point. Now, this walking on eggshell shit needs to stop because it's destroying the world. It's just, It's destroying, like, I have mates who I've known, tough guys from when, you know, growing up tough guys but yet in certain spaces they're afraid to give their honest opinion on something Hmm. there's a difference between for example i'll use hate speech as an example there's a difference between hate hate speech and speech that you hate right Hmm. so if you say something online that's factual don't just go oh it's hate speech which they're doing at the moment you can't really say too much without your shit getting deleted but it's at the point now where any negative criticism, even if it's constructive criticism, is just dismissed, like it's just deleted or blocked or removed or whatever it may be. And no one's gonna no one's gonna get anywhere. If that's the balance we have of a hundred percent of of yes, yes men around us going, yep, you're doing everything you, you right, you know, you can't do anything more, you're the best you can be. Mate, we're gonna see a, a decline in, in productivity around the world. We're gonna see a decline in, in people's abilities. We're going to plateau, right? We're going to we're going to stay at the same spot. I mean, that even applies in the house as a father. Or if you get told constantly you're doing the right, my wife holds me accountable all the time. She acknowledges when I do something good, but she's also very quick to pull me up on shit that I do wrong, or stop being on your phone so much, spend more time with your with your wife and your kids. She'll, she'll say shit like that. I don't get defensive and go, well, yeah, well, I take it on because it's important. Her opinion's more important than anybody else's in my mind. So. I take that on and, and I try and sort of pivot my way to, to, to being a better father and a better husband. And sometimes you need to hear the raw, honest truth. And your message that you got out in that video, one that actually resonated with a family member of mine who heard it um, about sort of being grumpy around the house and just sort of snapping. And, and that's very important. That message is very important because that affects a lot of men, you know, grumpy father, dad's always angry or, you know, that's very common. So 
in terms of that, so we'll speak about that for a little bit. So are you finding that's quite common nowadays where you, sort of the men is around the house grumpy and miserable and hard to approach or, and what would be your solution or some ideas that you have to get out of that mindset? Yeah, you know, not, not having the capacity to, to last the day in family self and service, that's what we call our circles of significance is, is a crippling thing for most men. And just to paint a quick picture on that, you know, that, that's how we keep things simple, Chris. There, there are three things that make the man's life, how he turns up as a family man inside of his relationships and his children, how he turns up inside of the service and value he adds to the world, whether you run a business, employee, career, doesn't matter. And then how he turns up inside of himself. Hard part is, mate, too often men are acting in a martyrdom type way. And I get that because I'm half the time where I'd see people doing hidden deals under the table where they sacrifice and give and give and give for the family only at the chronic cost of themselves, which means they're fucking falling apart. So when they're back there and they need help or other people, A, it's not received because others are like, well, I didn't ask for that or want that, which means there's a, a disconnect and confusion and frustration. Or B, it's beyond the point of no return because these fathers are giving and giving to their family, but they're operating at 40%, man. So they're given 100% over 40. I mean, correct me if my math is wrong, but 100 over 40 is 40. So yeah. in a roundabout way, sometimes I'll spot these guys up because I live an eggshell-free life and I work with the facts and say, you're being even more selfish by not being 100% by giving back to yourself first so you can give your family more. Isn't it funny how twisted and how the other way around society has put this pressure and, and, and this approach on, on top of men and fathers? So this isn't about me being judgmental or pointing or blame or fault. I, I don't use any of those words to be fair, man. It's going, you're fucking here and now. What can you control? What can you own? How can you liberate yourself? You know, one, one saying that, but he got it in the wrong order. You, you remember Uncle Ben out of Spider-Man. You know, with great power comes great response. It's the other way around, mate. With great responsibility comes great power. Because if you can stand up and turn up and be the father you want to be for yourself, your children and your relationships, well, guess who's going to have more fulfillment and reward? You are. That's a very powerful uh, point. Yeah. And this is the hard part, though, when you talk about a lot of guys are feeling grumpy, triggered, lethargic. Look, what you said before with criticism, and yes, men totally agree, mate. Like, there's always a gift. And I, I cop some, you can scroll through, I don't delete any of them. You go back to that video, mate, there's a, there's a fuckload of abuse. But it, like I said, it's tenfold on the, uh, on the positives and the support. I just leave it all there. Like, what have I got to hide? And I'll respond to a lot of them and say, mate, you know, I appreciate your perspective on things. And uh, look, this triggering has, has come from a place where there's probably something that you need. Happy to help out. I've got heaps of free stuff if you want to take it. So I'm actually, it's, it's you know, not, not killing them with love, but it's understanding that they don't know who I am, Chris. So yeah. I can't take that personally. You know, that the, the Four Agreements by Miguel is a phenomenal book. That's a very good book. Not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's very powerful, you know. Um, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Never assume and always do your best. Pretty simple, right? But that was life-changing for me when I listened to that for the first time in, in 2018. I listened to it three times a year, just as a, a bit of a realignment. But like our fathers, right? They teach us what to do. What, but Sorry, what, what was that book? I'll, I'll drop that down. What was it called, the book? Miguel Rodriguez, The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements. Okay, because I'll, I'll have a look into that and I'm sure some of the listeners will as well. Yeah, very Eastern philosophy type approach. Um, the audio is great. You know, a nice, nice holistic approach. Easy listen. It's only a few hours. Uh, but yeah, man, our fathers taught us what to do, but they also taught us what not to do, right? There's always a gift, man, and we're blessed for that. And collision can bring connection. But unfortunately, the reason why these men are so triggered and grumpy and they feel like things are, are spiraling out of control and they're stuck in this pit of Groundhog Day where they just can't get the oxygen and it's like they're, they're, they're strangling, like a mouse in the spinning wheel. Like I don't know how many other analogies you want me to bring up, mate, but ultimately this is a common theme for so many men because they don't give to themselves. They don't invest in themselves first. And, and this is what we see, man. Like 
Let, let's get you up to 100% first so you can give that to those that you love and care about. And, and this isn't selfish. This is, this is the opposite because everyone gets a better version of you. And there's a few ways that we have that. There are four key pillars, which I'm happy to dive into at some stage or we'll go through. But the main thing is first, just being present, stopping the world, the chaos and the speed of life to just slow down and be present in the now. Because there's definitely a future fear or fantasy, good and bad, and there's a past pleasure or pain. And people just bounce, mate. They fucking bounce between zones, which means they lose their power because where you and I have absolute power is right here and now. And you use that to forge better futures. You learn from the past, but you're continually stepping into the now. So if you can't stop the world, slow down and be present, which is a few different techniques. Nature is great because the large level of significance, whether it's the ocean, the mountains, the forest, the birds, all different things that help you realign your sensory perceptions, how we live life as human beings. If you can't do that and give back to yourself in that respect, you're going to be in constant monkey mind or robotic mode where you're just moving through the motions, but deep to your core, you know something's not right and you're lashing out to your children or your wife and you know it's not right, which means there becomes a disconnect. So the things that you love and cherish most, there's either an overarching reach of control because you can't control your own shit or there's a suppression and there's breakdown. Man, writing's amazing. Like I, I get frustrated when there's a commercialization of different mindset things like gratitude right there's one word it just gets fucking flogged as shit love it mm. i use it i adopt it but it gets flogged but i'm not saying you should just go and journal twenty thousand pages on on what you're grateful for in life but writing it can be anything man the pure reason which is missed it, that baffles me how quickly it, and how much it's been missed the reason why you write chris is your thoughts are faster than the speed of light man what do you think your thoughts are that's you speaking to yourself without using words outside how do you slow that down we use the physical body. You can't write as fast as you think, right? Mm. So you're literally slowing down the world, stopping and being present by just writing a few lines, which means when you're writing this, you're thinking about what you're writing four, five, six, eight times, which means you're processing it, which means you can write it, read it, think it, feel it, acknowledge it, accept or dismiss it. And you can continually move on in life without festering and bottling up all this shit that brings so many men unstuck because we're all vulnerable at some stage, mate, to breaking down. That's what happened in my life in in 2017 shit just fell apart because i didn't handle it and the truth always wins man yeah well, i think we get stuck in i said we get complacent with our lives and we fall down this this trapdoor of of what one example i'll give is you know you see a lot of men doing it it's sort of become like a symbol right of, of the modern day father the dad bod sitting on the lounge eating fucking lollies and chips and watching the footy or watching whatever with a beer in his hand with a massive gut now this isn't this isn't aimed at at those people, but let's get fucking real. If you live that life, a lot of them, mate, I'll say a lot of people live that life where they just work, home, lay down, watch shit, drink beer, go to bed, wait, do it again. That's the most counterproductive thing you could ever do. There is nothing worse than that. And I try and get the message across to just exercise, man. Put some shoes on, go outside and go for a run. It's not fucking difficult, but your reward, like, oh, I don't want to lose weight. I don't, I don't want to. Okay, but don't do it for that reason then, right? If I'm having a shit day and I go out for even just a walk, right? You feel good. You get back home, you're in a better a place mentally. You feel like you've accomplished something because you've done something you didn't want to do, but you've done it. Uh, there is huge amounts of, of, of benefit in exercise. And I think every single man on the face of the planet should exercise. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it be weight training, definitely weight training, but even if it's just a run or a walk or whatever, some sit-ups in the lounge room, whatever it may be, just do something. 
and get away from this mentality that that's all you are as a father and a husband, that you go home, you work, you relax at home. It's a lot of blokes drink themselves to sleep at night and they get up in the morning, they do it all over again. That's not working on yourself. Like, yes, you're a father. Yes, you're a husband. But more importantly, you're an individual. You're a man. Men need that, you know, that weight, weight training and, and exercise and to be moving around. And we need that as males. I think that's one thing that gets neglected. And I think that's a big reason for, in my opinion, the downfall of, of, of mankind, but especially men. Like you have all these men at the moment that, what do they get called? So, soy boys. Soy boys, right? Um, let's just say it how it is. I mean, those sort of blokes there, they're just never going to, they, they go backwards and forwards between the same shit. And those blokes are also, they, they tend to be the most snappy at their wives, snappy at their children, because they're not happy within themselves. They don't do anything for themselves. And I think exercise is the first step. Diet and exercise, but they go hand in hand. I like to say they go hand in hand. There's no point of doing one if you're not doing the other. But it doesn't have to be a big, look, I'm not saying go out and get a you know $5,000 weight set throughout the back. Just buy a pair of $50 runners and just start walking or start running. It's not hard. And that will be the first step of change. I, I think that's, almost a foundation what would you say about that in terms of exercise and diet yeah 100% agree man like we're living we're living life through the human body the human body is the vessel and look there there are certain absolutes call them universal truths whatever you want but it is an absolute everything you do physically chris affects you mentally and how you feel i just want to say that again for your listeners everything you do physically affects you mentally and how you feel and it's one of the greatest foundations to improve mental health as well but what do you mean now well don't have a shower for six months and fucking tell me how you feel about yourself. Don't brush your teeth for three weeks. Tell me how you feel. It's all connected, man. Mm. We are living life, whether you want to call it your spirit, soul, consciousness, that, that's cool. Like all of them can work, but you're living life through the human body. You must look after that's your vessel. That, that's what's driving you. You know, and the hard part is it's a lack of self-respect. They don't even have an awareness of because they don't ask quality questions of themselves, Chris, which is why they're falling apart. And that's the truth. Like, they're not well, valuing think that is why do you think it's so many men are unwilling to look at themselves in the mirror and just be honest and have an honest discussion with themselves about their faults what's stopping them do you think is it a fear it's a, it's a great question mate my, my gut and, and what my my experience has told me over the times is ultimately it's easier for them to look externally and and position themselves externally and what they do then is to look inside and make the correlation between the two. And what I mean by that is it's easier for them to run a company or make lots of fucking money or put a roof over, over their head and, and justify a means of this is my role. And this is one of the hats I wear on top of all the other hats that we wear as men in this modern world. Then it is to actually go upstream to the source and look at the clear facts inside of themselves and who they are which has led to a denigration of or, or de degrading of what they can actually produce and perform in, inside their life. Because you know what, there's fucking money in the bank or I'm still here. I haven't left home or so it becomes a state of really comparing to other, other measures, mate, which, which justifies their positioning. I mean, look, it's that there's, there's more, there's probably more to it than, than that as a straightforward answer, but it's the truth, man. When, when they're stuck in their own way and their own perspectives, they, they can't see the possibilities. So it becomes an acceptance of a standard and they get worn out. This is the hard part. They rely on use leverage of genetics, being young, being young man, testosterone, all these things through their early times, their twenties. What we see is the patterns 
Because whilst you and I and every single father might have specific, specific circumstances inside of his life, there are patterns that are universal. And the pattern of the man is a lack of self-investment and continually having that hunger for growth. Nothing's the same, man. Like you either improve and get better or, or you know, you get you change and get worse. Like it's it's always the case. But if you don't have someone spotting you up on that, and one of the greatest ways is absolutely through through the human body of that investment in self or someone spotting you up on that, it's going to be very hard to have those personal breakthroughs where you know what? It's the judge and the victim inside you who's either blaming you, putting you down, or accepting bullshit standards and thinking this just is what it is. The dad bod's cool. I don't care how much you love your children or how good of a father you are. Fuck me dead, man. If you're 150 kilos, you can probably have more energy throughout the day. Your sheer physiology mm. and, and, and the, 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 the science behind that of your biomechanics, your physiology and, and energy production as an organism tells me that you are limiting yourself. I don't care how much you love your children, how much you smile or cuddle them. This is, and look, I don't have a six pack. I'm very fucking fit and strong and healthy, but you can find that sweet spot between those three balls that you juggle in family, self and service to be able to provide for that man. But a lot of the times it isn't there. And what it is, mate, this is the hard part is exactly what you said earlier about technology and TV and alcohol. It's sedation and distraction. That's what becomes the escape TV, technology, alcohol, drugs, porn, anything to help people escape of what their current circumstances are because they're not happy and they don't believe they're worthy. And it becomes this vicious cycle but that's heavily influenced on us. This is the hard part. It's a fucking war, mate. Like when you look at life, life will roll through you if you don't stand guard at your own kingdom and let in what you want to let in and push the shit away that doesn't serve you. People just get worn out. And one of the biggest reasons why is you're right, man. They don't have the energy. They don't have the gas tank to turn up and perform. And, and it becomes that, that vicious cycle, which means, and this is the most powerful commodity right now, what you pay attention to or what, if you're not attending, to, if you're not attending to something that you have active awareness and control of, something else will steal and take your attention. Look at the news, for example. I mean, mate, you know, enough said, right? Which yeah. means what you what you have your attention on then becomes your focus, which means you're narrowing in, especially through technology and phones, an environment that is even in part of it's not even part of your actual external environment right here and now in your household. Or maybe it is, but ultimately you're investing in that. But then with that focus comes the two building blocks of constructing your reality, time and energy. They're two things we never get back, mate. Like we're never going to get this day back. We're never going to get the energy that you and I put into this podcast back, Chris. We will rejuvenate and replenish. And if we're still alive, we'll have more time and more energy to, to create. But this is the hard part, man. Like they, they lose control of that. And uh, what you mentioned, I guess, on that long-winded answer to asking me about the energy. Yeah, absolutely. It's our second pillar. You know, we've got four pillars alignment, energy, immersion, and performance. And alignment's important. Otherwise, you're just pissing the wind. Where are we going? Why? Like you said, don't buy the $5,000 fucking thing. Why do you want to improve your body? How's that going to move you forward? How's that going to help you calm your temper and nature? Because you're giving back to yourself. You're getting a stress release. The endorphins as well as the dopamine achievement, as well as the serotonin, mood stabilizer, as well as the oxytocin. You could train with your kids, with your wife, so you're feeling valued, connected. They're four happy hormones that are very, very important, man. But you need to know where you're going and why there must be purpose. And then my, our second pillar, we can go on the other two soon, but the other, the second pillar, yeah, energy. But the, the, you're spot on there, mate. Yeah, I think we get stuck in our ways and, and I wouldn't say collectively all of us, but a lot of people get stuck in their ways because of a lack of self-awareness. And also they're not being held accountable, right? Like if you see 
like when we spoke about that before, where you said if you're 150 kilos, rah, 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 not everyone would say those words. Because they go, well, what are you saying? You know, what's wrong with being fat? There's a lot wrong with being fat and overweight. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm, you know, setting out to hurt your feelings. It just means I'm addressing something that's it's fact. It, there's, we all know that. And we all know that in our minds, listen, it's probably not a good thing to be 150 kilos. It's not a good thing to eat this every night. It's not a good thing to be, you know, stationary, you know, 23 hours a day. We know this, but we sort of accept that and sort of put that in the back of our mind and we just push forward. We, we don't really actively uh, think about that. Whereas myself, if I'm, and this is not even an ego thing, I, I, I don't, I don't judge myself so much by, on how I look and the scale. I judge myself on how I feel, right? So if, I, if I've got energy to go all day, I'm sleeping well at night, I feel good, I'm happy. For me, that's, I'm successful at that point. Where, you know, if I was to jump on a, a huge, you know, a few cycles of, of steroids, bulk up, but walk around the house just being a grumpy fuck all day, you, you can't say that, that's a better version of yourself physically. Okay. It might look better, but there's so much more to that, but that is, is one way to collectively put everything together where if you start with your weight, you're going to have more energy. No doubt. Mm-hmm. If you, and that's what your second pillar energy, which obviously comes from, from ex, uh, you know, exercise and diet, which work towards a goal of just having more energy to get through your day, which means you're a better father, which means you're a better husband. You're more attentive. You're more alert. You, you have the energy to get involved in activities. You know, you know, I've, I've, we've all had days where our kids have maybe wanted to go to the park and kick a ball around. And we've just gone, you know what? Fuck, I, got, I can't do it. I can't be bothered. I'm too tired. We all have those days from time to time where we haven't got it. We've burnt out or been working too much, whatever. We have those days, but a lot of people have those days more then they have the days where they're actually able and willing to go out and do those things. So it's a, you got to bring that back. So, and that all comes from energy. Yeah. It's, it's critical, man. Like life is energy, you know, like I said, an expression of energy, whether it's one driving fear where they obviously don't have your best interest at heart. Cause anything that comes from a place of chronic fear pushed inside of your face has never had a positive outcome ever. And we can see what's happening right now with all that, but you know, like, when it comes down to having energy and that capacity for the children, you're right, mate, you're spot on. It's not just your physical health. It's your mental endurance throughout the day to be one level above the chaos when shit hits the fan with the kids or with the wife. And my kids are five, two and one. <laughs> They're crazy, crazy energy. I pick them up, I throw them around. I am taking on with my one energy, three types. They're eating the house down like, man, they're just full of beans. And on weekends, uh, you know, I structure my day. I see my kids morning and night as well on weekdays, but on the weekends, I'm fucking exhausted, man. I'm, I'm glad that I have my Sunday charge up, which is our the coaching session I take inside of our, our inner circle with, with HPF because that's my accountability to the tribe, what you mentioned earlier. Hey, I better fucking lift up and get the boys set for the week. We, we do our sessions 8 p.m. Sunday night. Best start to the week. I love Sundays and Mondays. And, you know, when I'm exhausted playing with my children so much, i got to pick my battles at times, but you're right. It's way to that side of things where I'm turning up and performing for my children every single day. Cause I'm giving back to myself. I'm, I'm investing in myself. And what you mentioned before about people getting upset, look, I understand feelings are involved, but if you state a fact saying, Hey, you're 150 kilos, it's not ideally healthy. And they get upset. If you get upset with that statement, 
that's your problem, not mine, which means it's a problem only if you get upset. So if it's a problem that you're not happy with because you wouldn't be upset otherwise, then why aren't you doing something about it? And this is what becomes the funny dichotomy of life and positioning around facts and feelings, but also the number one real virus in this entire fucking world, which is hypocrisy. It's crazy, man. It's, and it's not even the main shit we're seeing at the moment. It's like a, it's, it is literally a virus that weaves its way and weaves its way into every single household when people stop getting that zone of discomfort and challenging themselves and working on themselves and pushing and building communication and clarity with their wife, with their children, so they can connect better and, and really taking those steps towards incremental improvement. And they can't have that when they're on, on their own. That, that they need that accountability, like you said. And that's what immersion and performance is, the other two pillars that we have. Immersion is the right environment where you're invested in a larger energy source than you. Perfect examples, team sports. You know, a team of champions will never beat a championship team. Like that's just, that's as old as time that's saying. And it's true. You work as one unit because it brings out the best in you as an individual. But performance is also accountability. On our fourth pillar, we track the data on these guys every week. They fill in forms. We're seeing how they travel and where they need help with their connection, with their exercise, which like you're right, energies nourish, move and restore the body. Like what are you doing with your night routine? So you're not chewing into the next day and stealing from the next day with, uh, with what you've done the night before. Um, and we'll dive in some amazing perspectives around time shortly, but yeah, it's very valuable to have that, but then also the accountability to follow through. So you do what you said you would do. And that's hard, Chris, to come from yourself because you've got the same patterning. But I'll ask this question to your viewers. Will you be laying back on your deathbed one day thinking you wish and, and thinking and wishing you watched more fucking Netflix and drank more alcohol when you're looking your children in the eyes about to fucking pass on into the next life? That's an eggshell free question, mate. Because I tell you right now, I fucking can't stand television. Every hour I spend on there is an hour I say no to something. And this is what people need to recognize. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Who and what are you saying yeses to in life? Which means you're saying no to someone else. Are you saying yes to your children or are you saying no to them? Are you saying yes to yourself so you can stand up and be more? Or are you saying no to yourself and using your free will to give up your free will and forfeit that to someone else who doesn't have your best interest at heart? That's a um, very good way to look at it. And it's a powerful point. It's a question, but it's a point. And, and Time is, is something that we don't appreciate until it's gone. And, uh, mate, I, I know I do. As I'm getting older, the time just seems to be going faster. Like, it's just the day from when I wake up to time, it's, you know, time to go to bed. I think, fuck, we're just whew, gone, you know? And I think that's the same for everybody. As you get older, time goes quicker, and you've really got to make the right decisions. And what you said is right, that when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. But a lot of people, mate, including myself, I haven't looked at it that way until you've just mentioned it. I understand that I've understood the concept of that, but I never looked at it that particular way. So I think a lot of us, television's obviously a problem, but so is our phones. Now, you know, in some cases it's necessary, like you run a business, I'm sure you understand the importance of your phone and the importance of your computer and whatnot. But mm. There's other times where but one thing I don't do and I hate doing it. I don't sit on, I don't sit on like, um, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook and TikTok and just flick through shit pointlessly. I can't do it. I might do it every now and then for not long. I don't. And sometimes like I found your video on there. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's great. That's how you, you find information and, you know, like-minded people to chat to and, but People do that as a ritual, like every night, 
after the kids go to sleep, they sit in their phone and just fucking scroll pointlessly through shit for an hour. That's there's probably nothing worse you can spend your time doing, right? Like mm-hmm. it's one thing if you're responding to emails for business or whatever it may be, or but even like I don't watch TV, TV, like seven, nine, ten. I can't, but I watch. I do watch documentaries. I watch all sorts of things, uh, but yeah, I don't just sit there and you know tune into Channel Seven for a few hours or Channel Nine. So um, there's definitely things I do watch. Don't get me wrong, and I'm sure you're you're the same. But there's a you have to manage that, and some people just get lost in that. Like you know, they watch the early movie, then they watch the next movie. Like you've just spent four fucking hours watching a movie, watching movies, four hours, right? So. You could be doing a lot in those four hours, a lot. In, think about what you can do in four hours. So a lot of people can run, you know, um, a business from home in four hours a day. So, and then they say, they've, one thing I hate is that saying, so I've got no time. I'd love to, man, but I've got no time. Well, you do have the fucking time. You don't manage your time. So you've got the same amount of time as I do, as you do, but you're using your time for this, whereas I'm using my time for that. And, you know, you can find time. You can find time. That's an excuse to anybody. When I, when I talk to people, I say, listen, you should, man, if you want to do it, just go out and do it. Like if you want to start a business from home, selling fucking rocks with smiley faces on it, whatever it may be, do it. You know what I mean? Just do it. If you want to start making a, if you want to start a clothing line, do it. But, oh, you know what, man? No, I haven't got enough time, man. I'm so busy at work and with the kids. Fuck off. That's bullshit. That's, yes, we've got to work. Yes, we've got to earn money. But who works for 16 hours a day? Not many people. But you can find time. We all get days off. We all have periods of time where we sit there and do fuck all and, and maybe scroll through our phones, as I said, pointlessly, or you know, jump on phone calls to our mates out the back or whatever it may be. Use that time. And that's really important if people can... Because that, that I don't have the time bullshit. I, I, that's one thing I hate hearing. Yeah, man. Like people, people invest their time, but they don't recognize that when it comes to work, you got three hours max. Like in terms of maximum capacity work, I've got an easier day today. I've I've made that on purpose so I can invest a lot of energy into this for you, Chris, and your listeners. That's a fact, man. So those blokes are saying I do twelve-hour days, um, and it's all it's all depend. I'm I'm not categorizing people, but if you're doing a twelve-hour day, it's probably laced with two to four hours of just shit three to four hours of monotonous stuff where you're not really functioning, which you can do. Like it's not that I only work three hours a day as well. And then three to four hours of probably higher priority, um, higher intensity type work, whether it's physical labor or computer work or that sort of stuff. So the mental stimulus I'm putting into this, man, after this, it's just processing stuff. It's working out better SOPs for my team, standard operating procedures, and just working through some cruisy work. I'm, you know, I did a podcast um, on, on mine earlier this morning. So that's it. That plus today, there's my three hours, man. I'm, that's it. But the reason why people scroll, this is the crazy part, because they're justifying, it's a sinkhole, man. They keep scrolling because they have to justify the investment of time by using more time to find something that's going to give you the stimulus that's going to justify the reason why they started scrolling. you got to take away and have what I call non-negotiables. If you're going to scroll, awesome. Set a timer for 15 minutes. If you don't want your phone, turn it off and leave it in your car when you go inside to your family. That way you're putting up roadblocks and inconveniences to go through and do that habit or that pattern and go through that vicious cycle that you've created for yourself. This is how you need to reposition yourself because the time is always there, mate. It is always there. And let's rattle off a couple of those things. 
life is going faster. And the reason why it is, is because percentage wise, it's less and less. Think about it, Chris, when, when my daughter's four and she turned five, that entire year is 20% of her life, right? So when, when you're a 45 year old and you turn 46, that's one out of 46, which means percentage wise, it's 2% of your life, maybe a little bit more, which is why it seems so much faster because of the percentage of the life that you've lived every year is actually smaller and smaller and smaller over the lifespan. And that's what everyone says, man, it gets faster. It gets faster. And I only made that breakthrough a few weeks ago. But one of the big things who want to talk about time, this will blow your mind away. I, I, I love numbers and working with numbers to paint perspective. As you saw the yes and no, look, I'm not an extreme man that says you need to have a campfire, sing Kumbaya and not have technology. It's not like that. I'm here to have a pattern interrupt to shake up your perspective, to help you reposition your perspective on actually finding the purpose. Like what the fuck's the point of watching 20 hours of TV a week? Does it need to be 20? How's that 20 moving me forward? What, is it, what does that mean I'm saying no to? Like just some quick rapid fire questions. You don't even need to peel the onion layer all the way back, man. But when we're looking at it from a day's point of view, minutes are very powerful. If you sleep for seven hours and 20 minutes a day, Chris, you get exactly 1,000 minutes a day. Think about that. All of you listening. Now, look, I've got three young kids. I don't quite get that amount of sleep. So I've actually got a little bit more, but or some might sleep for eight hours. You got a bit less. So be it. Let's make it a nice round number, a thousand minutes a day. Sounds like a lot, but it isn't too. When you're wasting it on shit that doesn't serve you, mate, it goes quick. It goes very quick. You know, you're grooming, bathing, showering, food, prep, cooking, eating, work, travel, whatever it may be. Yeah, you use them up. But here's the thing when we circle right back to men investing themselves, fuck, mate, how can you not invest 1% a day? That's 10 minutes, 1%. Like, how, how can you not? So that carries you through to 7,000 minutes a week. So when we do our weekly temples and our forms so we can get the guys on track, see where the, where the fires are, spot them, improve where the guys are dominating, model that, replicate, inspire the tribe, that's a seven-minute form. So that's 0.1% just to realign every single week. <laughs> It's fucking crazy, man. But if you're, if you're a father or a man or anyone listening to this and you're 40, bang on, entering the second half in life, if we say roughly 82, I know it's a bit different for men and women, but 82 years is, is the rough average age expectancy. That second half, when you break down that thousand minutes a day and work all those numbers, you're lucky to have a couple of, couple of hundred thousand hours left and you're dead. That's another perspective picture. A couple hundred thousand hours left. An hour is long, but a couple hundred thousand is a big number, but an hour can be pretty quick too. A couple hundred thousand hours left and you're gone. That's assuming you're going to live to be 82 and that's not factoring in the quality of your life as well. This is just length. This isn't quality. There's some big fucking breakthroughs for me, man. And then when we break it down again, not to continue on this, but I'm sure some of you listening or watching this are getting some sort of picture going, wow, where am I actually? Go, go through your settings, check your screen time. Like where am I actually spending time on shit where I'm not transitioning or I'm transitioning too much or to the wrong things? If you and me get two hours a day, this is our big claim as well. Like we get fathers a thousand hours a year back, Chris. That's what we do. That, that's fuck. What would you do with a thousand hours? Spare up your sleeve. Like that. That's yeah, what well, we do, man. Yeah, on top of that's impressive. On top of yeah, on top of relationships, rebuilding. But <clears throat> just for you, even if you have one or two hours a day, just for yourself, just for Chris. Like when you break that down, if you are forty, entering that second half over the next forty years, when you break all that down and work that through into actual time left on this earth just for you, you're lucky to have five years left. You might live for 45 more years, but when you break out that one to two hours a day, it ends up being about two to five years that people who are 40 years of age have left 
solely and purposefully just for themselves. Now, look, I love my work. I love doing this with you. I love spending time with the kids. I'm not saying your life's incomplete, but in terms of, fuck, man, you doing you and your life, you don't have as much as you think because as you get older, the responsibilities, duties, obligations, they all play a role, man. Straight away, mate, we're we're in deficit because we sleep. Well, well, I definitely don't sleep eight hours, but that's what they recommend. So just let's just say eight hours. That's a third of your day. Mm. So you sleep a third of your life, roughly, mm. give or take. A third mm. of your life is sleep. <laughs> That's a huge amount of time. So then you're operating on, okay, you've got two thirds left. And, and as you said, how you use that is very important. And, mate, we've all been guilty of doing it. I have, I'm sure you have, where you spend too much time. I've spent, mate, I still do at times, you know, thinking about something, I really want to do it and just getting sidetracked doing other shit that's not as important. And, and you know, I get caught in that sometimes and it's very quick and I'm lucky that my wife pulls me up on that and goes, you spend too much time thinking, just start doing, you know, that's good for me because I'm like, yeah, you know what, fuck it, it pumps me up. I'm like, you know what, I, you know, you're right, let's, I've got to go do it. And mate, to be honest, this, this, you know, the last few months in this pandemic has been a blessing for me and for my family because it's, it's, realigned what's important it's realigned the importance of family because you take all the you take your social life out of it and but let's be honest we can't go anywhere i just spend most of our time either the only time we spend is at home or at work that's it and i look at it and it's sort of realigned what's important and that was important that, that for me was crucial it come at a crucial time really and but i wanted to do I wanted to start a podcast for ages. I did one about five years ago. I was just me on Anchor. You know, I'm sure you know Anchor, the podcast platform, just ranting for 10 minutes about shit. But this was, I said, five, even six years ago now. So it didn't really go anywhere. The podcast was quite small compared to now. And I've wanted to do it again for years. And, and this gave me the opportunity. And I thought, fuck it, I've got nothing to lose. I'm not at work anyway. I'm at home. Why not? Like all this shit, the microphone, the headphones. Okay, it's not overly cheap but you don't have to get this like you can just get something i could have got something basic and, and sort of done the same thing so but it gave me the, the the sort of i wouldn't say the courage it just gave me that last bit of a kick up the ass to go you know what i'm gonna do it i've got nothing to lose i'm in a shit situation as, as i was without work and and i'm just gonna go for it and i've done that and from that i've built um a merchandise brand behind that um, and I'm continually working on different things and it's done, my life changed dramatically. Now, when people always say, you know, I understand that for some people, including myself, it gets hard at times, the life we're living, we can't do shit. We can't just enjoy our lives and go to the beach and do all these things we enjoy doing, but you've got to at least try and turn it, this negative into a positive. And you can do that by just doing something you've never done before. You've got nothing to lose. You've got all these, as you said, extra hours, extra minutes up your sleeve now. So if you're working from home or you know, you're, you're off without pay at the moment or whatever your situation may be, use that time to try something new. You literally take, you've got extra minutes you didn't have prior to this lockdown. Everyone's got more time at the moment, everybody. So use that and work on something that you want to work on that may have nothing to do with you know, earning an income. It could be a personal hobby. Or it could be whatever, a skill you want to work on, a course, an online course you want to do, whatever it is. But 
this can be used as a time where you get extra minutes back that you didn't have before. And that's how I like to look at it. And I think I have turned this, this shit few, last few months, let's be honest, the last 18 months into something positive. Um, and it's, it's opened my eyes up to you know, so much in terms of the damage that watching too much TV, listening to the news, listening to this bullshit that goes on at 11 a.m. every morning, it's fucking brutal. Like it, it, it ruins your day. Mm. So these are all lessons that I've learned. And I think it's worked out. I'll, I'll come out the other end of this better, a better person, a better father, a better husband than I was prior. And, and that's something that if people can change that mindset and try to turn this into a positive, man, that's huge. And your message that you're trying to get across and, and breaking things down, you're right. I love numbers. I love numbers. As you see, probably from my post, I love breaking shit down with figures, mm. especially percentages, because it puts shit into perspective. So I'm like, mm. you know, I won't go into it too much, but you see what I post. So when I, when I do that, people actually stop and go, you know what? Shit. People ask for a source. Is that real? Because they can't believe it. That it's actually true. Like that number's real. Because from what they're hearing from other sources, it's the complete opposite of that. So what you've done there with breaking things down into numbers is huge. And it's a, it's a great way to, to look at it. And, and to say you've given a certain amount of hours back to these fathers every year, man, that's incredible. Yeah. Time, it's the dichotomy of time, right? You know, like you, you have a lot or a little, depending on how much you value and what you create with it, man. You know, it's not just the length. It's, it's not just the years in your life, man. It's the life in those years that you're living for yourself, for your family. And, and, you know, having that focal point can help you, like you said, Chris, with certain things that we don't control externally, realign with what's more important and give, give back to ourselves. And you're right, man, a lot of the mainstream narrative, it's purely, again, like I said, get the attention, focus and misdirection. That, that's all it is. You know, like uh, I had a friend of mine post about, uh, you know, there's a record and this is a mainstream number. You know, it's, it's from the government. It was 130,000 tests and we've got a thousand positives. And I looked at that straight away, broke the numbers down. I'm like, fuck, that's less than 1%. It's not event, not contagious at all. So when I look at this, I'm like, how can you not see that? But see yeah. people who are being led in this respect where they don't have the fortitude and steel to have awareness of self can never have awareness of what's outside of themselves. And this is the hard part. Even if people are awake to what's happening and understanding that something doesn't sit right with them, it still doesn't change what might be going on in this inside the household where you are tormenting yourself every day by doing things and, and, and working in a subliminal state that's pulling you away from the gift that you are. We, we all have now life is a large portion of skill sets, man. Like I wouldn't talk, deliver and articulate like this. If I didn't do thousands of videos over the last few years, I, I get that, but that's something I invested in, but because I've done this, guess what? I can communicate well with my wife. So when we have collision, it becomes better connection because I communicate and we understand. I help you give her clarity but I get clarity from her. I ask what she wants and needs. I tell her what I want and need. We speak love languages. We do all that shit. I wasn't doing that four years ago. So you can, a lot can happen, man, in a short period of time. But the hard part is when you've got a volatile environment like what's happening right now, every single person, it's their, their duty, their responsibility to not look for resources, but to be resourceful in how they can innovate themselves even if it is a recreation, I ran gyms for nearly 10 years, man. They loved it. It was awesome. Don't get anywhere near the results that I do, funnily enough, in an online platform because I'm with the guys 1% every day. But like, they were failing for, for a long period of, of time where they weren't successful. They weren't turning up. 
Yeah, so when it comes to the volatility of the external environment and everything that's happening, you know, as, as we've spoken about, man, like you must triple down on yourself, what you're doing inside of your own household, which is what your wife needs. It's what you need. It's what your children need. And, and that, Chris, that's stability. You need that stability, man. People think they want security. I can't fucking stand the word stay safe, the term. I, I've had some people say it to me and I said, don't ever say that to me again. Uh, we're not, we wouldn't have made it past your one in 400 trillion sperm, mate. Like you fucking made it this far. You are the gift and miracle of life, right? Don't, don't talk to me about staying safe. We, we wouldn't have evolved. There wouldn't be technology and phones. We'd be horse and cart. So, but security, people must be careful, man, because you're putting external validation on where your position is that you don't have control over, AKA jobs that are happening at the moment, which is why you need to innovate, adjust, change, hold your ground on certain principles and values that you hold true, find a different way to create maybe some sort of financial stability. But overall, throughout the world and our life, what we need is stability, man, because that's what's going to build a better level of control and certainty. There will always be unknowns in life. That's life. You can try and make them knowns, and some you can't. But uncertainty is what kills people, and uncertainty, mate, is a representation of not taking action. That's what uncertainty is. So let's create certainty and take action. But make sure you've got a couple of these key things like we spoke about, exercise, alignment, where am I going, maybe a level of accountability, see, taking the right action. And let's apply that to what you can control most, yourself, which gives you more control physically and mentally. That reinforces who you are. That builds that framework and steel to handle the bullshit life will throw at you or other people, places and things. And when you have that stability, that foundation, not only in current times, in terms of relationships, it's a powerful place, man, because that's, that's trust with your wife, with your children. Like they can depend on you. That becomes value. That becomes respect. That becomes appreciation, which a lot of men, they aren't getting. It's hard, but we've all got our own issues and challenges, right? So sometimes it's not received from your wife. Doesn't mean you should go groveling for it, but creating stability through showing, not telling is a powerful thing because from there comes affection. But all of that actually shoots up to what we all desire really, man, which is a greater level more often than not, because those two precursors are important. Freedom. More often than not, you are free to do what you want in this in, in this world with yourself in your position because you control who you are. And then to have that on, on a level where you're facing a lot of hardships where people are trying to pin us down in certain ways, shapes and forms to restrict a natural human life. Yeah, at least you're going to be able to weather the storm to some degree because you know what, you're still giving to yourself, man, and creating some, some level of servitude towards you and controlling your actions and what you can do for these circumstances. Because things will change, man. This too will pass. And I'm not sure exactly what that looks like and what, what will need to be shed and what will happen. But there are rhythms and cycles of the universe, like what we've said with feedback, criticism, critics, um, things our fathers have taught us to do and not to do. You wouldn't know what day is without night and, and vice versa, man. It is, it is two sides of the same coin. Hard feelings, families, legacy, you know, generations involved, but there's, when people focus on what they can do, man, they will pull through. Yeah. I think a big area where a lot of, of fathers and husbands struggle is communication. I really do. Now, in general, men tend not to speak about things or to avoid speaking about things that's really bothering them because of this perception that if you say something and expose, you know, an issue that's going on in your life, you're, you're perceived as being weak, which is bullshit. I think if, if a man is self, you know, if a man has that much self-awareness where he's happy to speak to someone and get help or seek improvement in certain areas, that's the opposite of weak. That's strong because self-awareness is a huge thing. And I think one area where a lot of men struggle is communication with, with their wife, with their kids even. 
where the kids aren't comfortable speaking to the father and, and maybe, you know, the husband doesn't express things to his wife properly. And then she may feel um, she's not appreciated or you have communication breakdowns that leads to, as we know, shit like woman going having an affair, all this shit that you see all the time. And it's the most common thing. I'm not justifying that action, but what I'm saying is that that's most of the, like when women cheat, they tend to do it for emotional reasons, right? Where we just go out and cheat because we like the look of her and we say, yeah, fuck her. And we just, we make an impulsive decision and do it. Whereas women tend to cheat, I think, in my opinion, more for that emotional connection. This man's paying me more attention. He tells me I'm beautiful more than my husband does. And I feel valued around him. And that's, I'm sure more often than not, that's the reason why women have affairs. Now, sure, there's some of them that just do it for the thrill, but we're wired differently in that way, male and female, right? So you're going to have to expect that there's going to be differences in why men and women run off and have affairs and whatever it may be, but communication the divorce rates will drop. If you, if everyone was to have not perfect, but somewhat ideal levels of communication in the marriage, divorce rates will drop significantly as would extramarital affairs will drop significantly just because just due to communication. Do you find communication is an issue at like from what you're seeing in the, in the household? Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and, you know, it's, it's two to tango, right? So when we're talking about this, it, it's hard because if, if the woman is patterned through, her experiences of her mother and her father and the familiarity she had in her upbringing, she may just be saying the same fucking tone and it's not going to be received. Right. So both need to innovate, adapt and adjust, of course. And you're right. That's what happens. We get a lot of uh, men and, and some higher profile uh, businessmen who just dominate that area in work. Uh, they turn to water when it comes to being at home and they can't communicate. And you're right, mate, that is the difference. And in terms of any affair, whether it's man or woman, there are different, um, you know, different triggers so to speak like what you shared i agree but ultimately both of them come down to a disconnection so what has led to the disconnection and that's an important thing and that's why i love stuff like the love languages you know for us as men it could be physical touch um for women it could be words of affirmation quality time you know it could be acts of service or, or physical gifts doesn't mean the woman's superficial some women love flowers and chocolates more than others you know for me right now <clears throat> having three young kids my number one chris is acts of service most men Physical touch is top two. It is. And mine still is. It's number two. Number one at the moment, acts of service. Because I know if my wife can sort her shit out and make sure the kids are all looked after and, and I'm placing my trust in her to look after the children when I'm coming out to hunt life and to produce and be a performer, mainly in my business and service and what I do, that's very valuable to me because I know my children are in good hands. But also as men, that's how we connect primarily. Everything with us is about pulling the levers and the psychology of men to go, you're right, exercise is good. We fucking need that. That's part of our ancestry. Right, going out and hunting life, having that empowerment, having that chemical release and the endorphins and the different happy hormones that are going to justify who we are because of the actions we take. That's achievement. Numbers. We are, we are numbers driven as men. We are problem solvers. A to B. Here are the steps. Here are the methods. This is how we conquer. So for me, I tap into the psychology of pulling the right levers for men that they're going to tie into and connect to that's going to help move them forward. It doesn't mean robotic either. So then when it comes to women, of course, communication and the key to that mate it's just transparency look i don't dump everything that's going on through my head on my wife and she shouldn't do that either and women shouldn't that to men we're not punching bags no one is to just cop that sort of emotional venting or, or dumping um sometimes there isn't a point or purpose that's hard because women can be lateral and we're literal i get that and that's okay it's not a fault of women's but we struggle as men when there isn't a point or purpose or an end game to make a means to pay attention and listen but listening is actually the most powerful form of communication and asking 
as crazy as it sounds, man, that they, those two, you listen and you ask. That, that's where people get it wrong. Perfect example. The wife is, she's asking you what you want for dinner. You may not see it from her position. When you're kicking back going, oh, I've had a big day. I don't, I'm happy. I'm cruisy, whatever. Whatever you want, hun. Oh, well, is there something that you want? Nah, I can't care. Couldn't care. To the point where sometimes that creates arguments, right? Those listening, I guarantee some of you have had this before. You know, I have. I used to. What you don't see, what she doesn't see, because you've communicated poorly and you've shot it down quickly, she doesn't see that her man is tired, lethargic, and doesn't want the mental capacity to have to think. But also, with you taking ownership, maybe you don't have that because you're not investing in yourself and you're emotionally and physically unhealthy. But then from her point of view, what you don't see is that is a form of connection investment because she's seeking your counsel and asking your advice on what's important, which means that's important to her. So when you don't value her asking the question, there's a disconnect. Sounds stupid, man, I know, but that's the truth. It doesn't sound stupid at all. Makes perfect sense. Mate, how many arguments I've been in for that? My wife's asked me what I want and I say, oh, just whatever, I don't care. Then she brings back something. I'm like, fuck, I really don't want that. I was like, oh, babe, did you get that? Yeah, well, you said you didn't care what I got, so I got this. Mate, it happens all the time. I'm sure it happens to a lot of us. Yeah, probably trivial. Sorry, that's probably the word I meant. Not stupid. Yeah, you're right. It's it, but it might seem trivial. But the, these are the runs on the board, man. It's not mm. the big. It's not the big fucking date night to woo my wife and blah blah. I don't have that at the moment. Most of us don't. And with three young children, I call it honey and handsome time. We're gonna have some H and H time. So it could be day, could be morning, could be outside, could be a walk, could be doing a bit of painting together, could be cooking a meal together after the kids, putting them to sleep. Could be anything, man. Could be watching a show that I know my wife likes, and I don't really watch much television. Um, or it could be listening to something together a different podcast or some music like this honey and handsome time it's probably 30 minutes three times a week again seven thousand minutes over the week but that 90 minutes is going to give me the greatest roi on my relationship with my wife my connection to her and when you think about it in terms of time it's actually fuck all investment man but it's the depth and value of that so a lot of you guys listening and women listening yes communication but you must continually innovate if you're not connecting what you're doing is you're just kicking the can down the road and over time the can gets rusty and it's going to cut you to shit because eventually that conflict you'll have to pick up with extra baggage and shit all over it to go, okay, we need to address it now. Too hard, too hard. I'm just going to walk away. That's what happens, man. Go upstream. There's always a solution. Always. I like the way you think in terms of that sort of hunting life, that hunter gathering sort of mentality you have from the man's point of view. That's so true and it's extremely relevant. I mean, we can't, okay yes we've got technology now and yes we can do shit that we've never been able to do in terms of driving to work and all these different stuff but at the end of the day you can't switch off that primal part of our being that as you said plan and then then, so you said you need to get to this okay you need to do this this and this to get there in order to get that that's a reward system right so we see that many parts of our life like one of the one saying i heard a few years ago was the way to keep a man happy is to have him always look forward to something, to getting something, right? And it's true though, because that again, that 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 goes back to our primal mindset of we need to have a purpose. We need to be look, look like okay, tomorrow I've got to get up. We don't have to do this anymore. We've got the luxury of I wouldn't. It's a luxury, but it's not a good thing of just going down to Coles and getting whatever we want for dinner. But I mean, back in the day, that was a process, right? If you wanted a rump steak for dinner or a T-bone steak, that was a fucking big job. Like you have to plan it, where you're going to go, how you're going to do it, get it, cut, you know, cut the animal out. You have to do all of that in order just to have a piece of steak, right? And, and that's a reward system. So when we accomplish those things step by step, like we're bringing that home to our family, something so simple, but it's, it's such an achievement in itself, right? And we've lost that now because we just go to the coals and for 
25 bucks buy a pre-packeted steak. So there's no reward in that. <laughs> It'd go to the shop and buy the steak. So I like the way you look at it, that we have to sort of still be, I guess, aware of our, of our primal needs, but also you put it to a different use, as you said, hunting life, right? Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting, man. Like, maybe there's been a war in masculinity for the last 50 years. Maybe there hasn't. People can keep their opinions to themselves or they can share them. But for me, I observe actions, an observation of actions. It's not judgment. It's just an observation of actions. And what I have observed over generations has been a state of comfort and convenience, which has pulled us into a lesser being to go, no, you'll be right. Just stop. And you can see that, mate. And then what you have is the old guard of these men who emotionally destroyed because they sucked everything up and didn't express anything and fell apart behind closed doors, which then rattles on through the generations. And then we've got the new age who are so emotionally driven and the kids of today, they don't even have a fucking spine and they're falling apart at the, at the first sign of adversity. It's like, man, there is, and we're in a great sweet spot. Like I'm blessed for that, Chris. I do work generally with, with old, like I like working with the men in their forties and fifties because they've got some of that old guard, but then also the new age adaptability and, and adjustment to technology. But this is the spot where we can create very powerful leaders in, in the sense of understanding and being in tune with, with your or emotions, but then also having that primal power. That's what I call it. Getting your primal power back to know exactly what you need to look. Don't get me wrong. And I say this with respect, there's plenty of times I'd love to be a Viking right now. And, and, uh, and we can go off and swing the ax mate, but uh, yeah, mm. modern times change certain things in your approach. And this is what really modern intelligence is social and self-awareness it's not your fucking university degree good luck with that and well done for those who've done it again i'm not judging you I'm, I'm stating observations of actions what is your social awareness like in terms of the energy that your kids are giving off your body language and posture your wife's body language posture how she answers something the way that she's facing these are all intuitive intrinsic things man when we help the father recognize and develop that in himself guess what skill set he can see it in others self and social awareness is going to develop more intelligence than anything else because from that you have the right spark to ignite the actions that you know you need to take to develop good communication good healthy relationships and know when to say no healthy boundaries you need that father's listening you need that man healthy knows but communicate in a way where it's not just ah oh, whatever and like we said you know just just dismissive sitting down with your family going look i need time for me it's really hard for all of us we're all a bit chaotic at this stage I'm going to train. And, and again, specificity. And like you said, deadlines are powerful things or end games. They're good for men. And that brings clarity for the family unit. Deadlines, end game, specificity. Look, I know we don't have any gym equipment at the moment. We've been locked down for, seems like forever. And we, we need sunlight. We need, we need to move the body. Exercise is important. I'm going to go and, and develop this, this knowledge and information. I'm going to process and take action. And, and you know what? I need to train. I need to go for a walk and I'm going to go for a walk. I think we should all go for a walk as a family Tuesday afternoon. Let's do that this Tuesday. It's Sunday, Arvo, right? All right, let's set the plan for the week. I'm going to do a body weight training session on Wednesday and Friday. That's dad's time. You know, we've even had guys where we've designed dad vouchers. Give these to your children. They can cash it in once a week when they want just one-on-one -on -one time with dad. Like this is just really cool, but simple shit where it's an exchange of energy and connection, understanding and clarity to go, hey, we're on the same fucking team. You're important. I want to give to you. I'm important. Let me give to me. And I'm also important when I ask for things, let's see if it's something that can work for both of us. That's, yeah. that's such a powerful thing, man. It is. And I think as a man, we have to understand, and there's nothing wrong with this. And people, you know, I'm sure there's some people that will call it selfish, but as a, as a man, you can't give 100% of yourself to your wife and kids. You can't because you destroy yourself. You need to give 
I don't know what that ratio would be, but let's just say 90% and 10% for yourself, right? So you give 90% to your wife and your kids, but you also keep 10% for yourself. Now, whether you want to use that 10% to work out or I have a few mates that, that meditate every day. And that's, that's all they do. They meditate. They, they don't even really exercise, meditate. And, you know, that's fine. That's there. That's their um, business. You know, if, if that gives them comfort and it helps them along, mate, well, so be it. That's, that's terrific. Whether it be 10 minutes to whatever, man, read a book, whatever you want to do, that's fine. But you need to keep that 10% for yourself uh, in order to work on yourself. Now, there's nothing wrong with, if you look at the things around us in terms of, we'll quickly jump back to that primal part we were talking about before, the primal part of your brain. There's a reason why we, are, we get interested in shit like, Viking is one of my favorite shows. I mean, it's the best show I've ever seen. One of them. Awesome, right? It just it it activates something in your brain. You're like, it's so I don't know. It's just something that you can't explain. It's like when you sit around a fire, right? Mm. You can like you can stare in. I know I can. I could sit around a fire and just look at it for hours without getting bored, mm. right? You feel good when you when you finish. Like you feel like I don't know. It's it's bizarre, but again, is that a primal thing? Probably. Um, you know, there's a reason why the sport like the UFC done so well so quickly. It's because it triggers something that fighting in itself triggers something in our in our the primal part of our brain where we just can't help but look at it right you get some people that say oh it's brutal and it's barbaric and it's what's the word human cockfighting it, it for me like and a lot of people like even if you walk past the tv and you say it on you'll stop and you'll watch it just for even if it's split second you just have to you're interested in it right so it's very important to address that that primal desire we all have and try to work that out however that is we're all different however we do that ourselves and um, jumping to that next point where you commented about planning, do you plan ahead, like beginning of every week? I come and do this this week. I'm going to do this and set times and days for that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. This this is the thing. Like even the communication stuff, it's not it's not hard work, man. It it is not hard work. It's not super complex. You guys don't need to, you know, articulate words the way that I do. It's it's just transparency on intentions. And then Sunday is a great day to kick it off. I do it with my wife. We sit down, we've got a whiteboard. And I just say to her, you know, the very first thing I say is, um, well, actually, it's the second thing. First thing, because all of my children have had different various operations. My little man, Roman, he just come out of an operation. He had a laryngeal cleft. So, you know, the cleft that you see some people have on their lip. Yeah. He had that in his esophagus, which means food was going down the windpipe. Pretty scary, man. Like babies die from that sort of stuff if it's a big I've never, enough. I've never yeah. heard of that. Me, my, mate, me either. The things we learn, right? When we have all this sort of yeah. stuff. So is, that, other, is it a rare condition? Very rare, very rare. Um, and if the slip goes down long enough, because we all have a bit of a damn wall that, you know, if you drink too fast, you, you know, water goes down, you cough. But mm. generally there's a bit of a damn wall where food goes where it should go, food pipe and the oxygen and air goes down the, the air pipe or the wind pipe. So we, we just got that fixed and sorted. And, um, you know, very rare. He's on the mend. He's, he's doing well. But very first thing we do is, any appointments, anything, any any commitments for the kids this week? Bang, write them in. We've got Monday to Monday to Sunday. Beautiful. When are we having honey and handsome time? That's the very second. That's the very next thing. It, it doesn't matter what else is happening. Yeah. Um, and and we're working we're working through that. All right, we're going to do this night, this day. I'm going to finish work early. I'm going to cancel appointments Thursday mid morning. We're going to go down the beach, go for a walk. Honey and handsome time again. It's only three times a week, thirty to sixty minutes. It's not the big five-hour date night. We both know that can't happen at this stage anyway, but it's not the big home runs. It's those little investments to show that you care. Just like, um, what's it called? Bridgerton. Have you heard of that? It's something that women love. It's a TV show and Bridgerton. book. And it's Bridgerton, yeah. yeah it's, it's, mate, there's eight books. 
she had four. I, I bagged it out. She watched it on TV. I took the piss and, and you know, a lot of playfulness with her around her. But I was banking that man because when her birthday came up in June, guess what I bought? I bought books five, six, seven, and eight because I knew exactly what she wanted. These are the small investments yeah. that you can have. But planning the week, I do that. This is when I'm going to train. I'm going to train Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday morning. Saturday morning, we're actually doing a Zoom session with our HPF crew. We're going to roll through some fundamentals, get the boys' technique right. I'm going to jump in and do that anyway. If you want, the kids can train with me. I'll have the headphones on. You can have some time to yourself. So when we work through this, man, it's literally six or seven points. And you've set the framework for the week, but it's got enough malleability and it's not to the T every single minute where, like, as you know, when shit hits the fan with kids, um, and, and with other circumstances, you can adapt and adjust. Same with our meals. You know, what super strict on what we have every single day of the week, but we get the meat that we know we're going to allocate. We have the different meals. Are we going to spoil ourselves, have takeaway this night? Beautiful, that works well. Kids have done this. They'll be a nightmare at this stage. We get them an early night. We don't have to cook. Slow cook Sundays, chuck a couple of steaks in, the slow cooker, pull it. That's how Mexican, like, it's not boring on Monday, man. It's, it's, it's preparation. And, and when you do that, when you plan the work, you're halfway there. So then you work the plan. And that's something I say with the guys as well. Plan the work, work the plan. Otherwise, you're pissing in the wind. And like I said, someone else will take or steal your attention, your focus, mainly technology. Oh, it's 2022 in six days. Where did that year go? Yeah, yeah. That's what happens. That's what happens, you know? All of a sudden, like, where are we now? There's 100 days left of the year. It's fucking crazy. It's unbelievable. And for some reason, these lockdowns making shit go faster. You think it'd be the opposite. Yeah. Where it drags, but it's going quick. And that's another thing we've also got to remember is that for the last 18 months of our life, and it's probably going to go into next year, let's be honest. Who knows how long it's going to go on, but we've lost a lot of time to this shit, a lot. Mm. A lot of time we'll never get back. Mm. We're not going to get in a deathbed and they say, oh, okay, listen, for the two years that you spent locked down because of the virus, here's two years. That's not going to happen. No. So don't just sit there and wait. Like a lot of people sit there and just go, yeah, I'm just waiting to see what happens. Fuck that. Don't sit there and make something happen right mm. create something mm. and and you'll find the opportunities are there for people um to try something new and and to invest in themselves and their family and it's a great time to get closer to your family because we're home kids haven't been at school properly for like three months so it's a great time for, for us to really focus on the, we've got all the importance of our lives back and i think a lot of us are realizing just what's important mm. i've never been one to go out to the pub and drink and go out to, you know, I've never been one to, I'll go to the footy occasionally with, with mates and that, but I don't, I'm not one to go to the pub every weekend and drink or every afternoon and drink. Never, man. Like I'll probably go to the pub. Maybe mate, sometimes once a year, if that, I don't go. Right. That's just how I am. But I'm not saying you have to be like that, but you know, I've never had the issue of, of realizing what's important and what's not. But I think a lot of those men that have relied heavily on social activities, whether it be the pub or, you know, outside interest outside of the home to, give them their sense of worth, I guess, and, and sort of escape reality, which is what I believe it does. Mm. It's probably re look realigned what's important to them in the sense where they've been forced to stay at home. They can't go to the pub, it's closed, right? And they're realizing, oh shit, it's not so bad. And then they're working their way through it and they'll come out the other side better. Um, so there's definitely some positives, but how are you seeing that this lockdown? Are you finding it's affecting men well, has there been any benefits to come out of it that you can see? Benefits is a hard one to place, Chris, because ultimately what, what's happening right now is, is peeling the curtain back, especially when it comes to social media and the, the superficial side of life that everyone showed that life was fucking hunky-dory and great and look at me, I'm killing it. 
to actually ask you the question, what kind of stuff are you really made out of? That, that's what's happening now. And I, I don't say this. I am proud, but I'm not openly, arrogantly throwing it in people's face. But the last two years have been two of the best years of my life, mate, when it came to my children, the service, the value I'm offering the world to other men, myself, realigning who Al wants to become as he moves through into the back end of his 30s and now into his 40s. Like this is, these last two years have been two of the greatest years of my life, but it's also been backed up whether people think I was an overnight success or not with RDM with 15 years of horrific times, man. Like there was a pocket between eight and 16. I was so depressed and, and downtrodden and giving up on life, heavily overweight, obese for, for my age and um, a bullied, depressed, picked on. I've been with my wife since high school, so that's come with its own challenges. So I got incredibly healthy, fit and strong. And we connected in, in my school when I was in year 12, she's in year 10. And to carry that through to then a rugby league career where nine operations over six years, running businesses for 10 years, like that was a 15-year block where fucking hell man like it's it's pretty heavy stuff i know i rattled it off like it was nothing but living in my gym for a period of time ashamed of my relationships and where it had all gone wrong in 2017 uh you know as well as going into nearly two hundred thousand dollars of debt with with my gyms my businesses like there's some crazy stories where i started and worked with my online coach who's who's a fucking amazing man who's helped me so much and i just stopped paying my rent for my gym i went like 40 grand in, in arrears i just stopped paying the rent i'm like fuck this i'm going all in i'm going all in on this and then I started doing that. And then that turned out to become something that was successful. So then I used to then go back and, and, and pay off what I owed. And there's a lot of ballsy moves. This is when I was, my wife was pregnant with our second child. So, yeah. you know, it's not like I'm a 25 year old just going out and failing in life and exploring the world. There's some, yeah. some real skin in the game, man. Times where I'm spending two grand on Facebook ads and I've got 60 bucks in my business account. It's like, fuck, I better find some money here. I'm going to get billed in three days time or I'm going to get cut. Mate, it's the risk. Yeah, it's. I look back now and it's like, man, it's fascinating. And I'm not the only one. It's, we've all got lists. Life is messy, man. But when you want to find a problem, you'll find one. There are problems everywhere in the world. There are hardships everywhere in the world. There's some pretty heavy shit. I've dived deep into a lot of different rabbit holes in life, mate. And I have a big range between quantum mechanics and, and spirituality to find a nice sweet spot of what, what, what serves Al. I can't live down there with things like child trafficking and a lot of the bullshit that's going on. But I need to find a way to leverage myself to know that if I am exposed to something, I'm going to be okay. And I guess that's one of the big things that I wanted to get out of this with you as well, man, to give those listening hope. It's one of the things on my board and guess who wrote it or said it right at the end of the last dance, Michael Jordan. It started with hope. Like I'm not huge on a lot of different sports fans. Um, you know, I, I've played sports my whole life and love it, but that guy is probably up the top up up the top for me he's right up there and that's what he said it all just started with with hope and another thing that he says is what would i think about missing a shot i haven't taken yet there are two things that are written on my whiteboard here and i look at them every fucking day because sometimes we need that man and i'm not here to control or tell people what to do either i'm here to help influence that's what it's about just like you can influence your family through leadership and love to go you know what you can do something it is possible you can turn it around. You can get back in front. There is always a way. You can innovate, adapt. You don't have to hold on to the old stories that you dragged through the mud, shackled to your arms and wrists, thinking that this is the only way, pushing shit uphill. You can find a way. What does that look like for a personal listener hearing these words right now? I don't know. They're your eyes. But the principles and the foundation of some of the stuff we've gone through, you apply that and get creative. You will find a way. We are here to create, Chris. Like, we we're not here to react either. We're here to respond and create. And, you know, the whole primal thing as well, like there is, there's the RDM quadrant, exist, survive, compete, and win. 
you're not here to exist or just to survive either. You are here to thrive. And whether competition is self-driven or genuine nature of others, I used to love playing footy with guys who wanted to tear my head off because I want to do the same. But without them, I wouldn't have a game, mate. What am I going to do? Run around in the park, running into air. So I actually respected my opponents because without that, just like a 100-meter sprinter, without all the other competitors, Usain Bolt is meaningless. He means nothing. Who is he? Yeah. You know, like there's, there's no – a genuine, you know, a share-don't-compare format – is what drives guys into the upper quadrants of competing. But we, we rise to win, man. Like that's our war cry that we have every day. Some guys are training at 3 a.m. Hashtag rise to win on our, on our um, inner circle community group. And um, it's very inspiring. It, it is possible. I'm not sure where I just went with all that, mate, but I guess I'm just rolling through on maybe uh, an energy. Making very good points. That's, I think you made a few good points there. And I think the main point, obviously, is it's personal to you, though. Uh, I mean, but with your business, but... People don't see what, like when people see your videos on Facebook, for example, they see this bloke, they might determine whether or not you're successful based off your ad or whatever it is you're saying. And then people go, you're an overnight success. Well, no, you're not an overnight success. You fucking put in how many years of, of, of hard work and, and failures, which happened to all of us, to get to where you are now. So you're not an overnight success. You, you've been working on it for 15 years or more, right? And that's with a lot of businesses. Like a lot of businesses you see around, I'd say nearly all of them, that's probably the result of, well, it is the result of multiple businesses failing, right? So when you see a big brand, they've probably tried it to do the same thing or different things through different avenues before they failed at all of them and they've got this at the right time and they're successful. But it doesn't mean that that's an overnight thing and people do it. I think it comes from a place of, of probably jealousy and people just being bitter towards somebody else's success. But one thing you'll find is that people that, that lash out at you and comment things that, that try and bring you down, those people are always underneath you. They're always under you. you ne- you'll never find someone more successful than you bringing you. doesn't happen. You'll never, ever see that happen. So that's a very important message as well. I know it's a bit different to what we're talking about, but you know, if you're trying something or you've tried to start a business before and you've failed, understand that's probably that'd be 90 plus percent of businesses, mm. I think, would have started the same way where they've failed before and they've or either failed or they've persevered through tough times to get there. So nearly all businesses have been down one or the other. So if you want to start something, don't just stop doing it when you say, I'm not getting the results in a month. A lot of people do that. They want instant gratification back. They want instant rewards from, okay, I started a business and I've done $10,000 of sales in the first month. People want that. They want that instant reward that, hey, look what I've done. And it's not the case. It's rarely the case, rarely the case that you can do that. So don't give up. That's the, that's the point. Don't give up on something because you failed at it. Don't give up because people tell you you can't do it. That's one thing. Even if you're failing and people go, you listen, just stop it now. You're not going to get, obviously every case is different, but just tr- persevere and push through it. And I think that's important. That was important to mention because you mentioned your business and sort of the road you've been down to get to where you are now. So it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. Like you, you just need to keep turning up, just keep turning up, but with, but with purpose, like there's got to be a driver behind it. Otherwise you are, you are pissing in the wind, you know, and I, I do love some of Les Brown stuff. I think we're moving from an era of motivation into an era of consciousness. I do believe that, but, it held its place in the eighties and nineties. And Les Brown was one of those great motivational speakers. And yeah, one thing you hammered home all the time is 
someone's opinion of you does not need to be your reality. And that's, that's the truth. That's what you're saying there as well, mate. Other people putting or shooting you down or, or, or you know, categorizing you. Um, you know, it's, I guess some guys, sometimes on my ads going, oh, snake oil or scam. I was like, fuck, man, I've spent nearly a hundred grand on, on apparel for my members over the years. Like, it's a, yeah. doing a pretty good job of that, aren't I? Like, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a, to be someone who's just living in a, in a yacht off the Bahamas, sending emails like a Nigerian prince, claim your $45 billion inheritance, right? It's, um, oh, it's mate, crazy. That snake oil is the biggest one in that you see people throw it around too much. Oh, oh it's mate, snake oil, is... it's snake oil. Well, I had someone tell me, so I've started having mushrooms recently. Now, when I say mushrooms, I don't mean the magic ones. I mean just the ones that are better. I'm sure you heard of Life Cycle. Yes, yep, yep. yep so We've I got started... some of them in our, in our subs, yeah, some different mushrooms. And, yeah, and... so you know how good they are. Yeah, like the amount of people that said that snake oil, like man, like try it. Like, have you had lines, mate? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, yeah. unbelievable. It's and awesome. I said, mate, this shit works. It's not snake mm. oil, but if something's away from what is sort of the common opinion, which is instant in our world, is instant results. So whether it be a stimulant, you take this drug and you feel great immediately. People, people look at things like that. And that's all across the board. People want instant results, and it's not the reality. But it doesn't mean a snake oil. Doesn't mean you're failing just because you don't achieve something straight away. It's completely normal for that to happen. Good things take time. And what you'll find is the things that take time to work, whether it be your business, whether it be a supplement you're trying, well, no matter what it is, the things that take longer to work generally last longer and are more effective over a longer period of time. Mm. That's one thing I've learned as well, which is again another important point, but Man, I really like what you're doing. Your messages that you're, you're sending across, man, they're so important, man, especially now, just to, I think everyone needs to step back. Well, not even step back, step back and step away from what's going on at the moment and look at the world and what's happening from the outside, including look at themselves and look at the way they are around their wife and their kids. Because that's, man, I've been down that path before, mate, where I've been, look, I've been a shit father. I've been a shit husband at times. And I can, I can say that openly and admit that I have been. And I'll probably, there'll be times again in the future where I, I will be again. It happens. You can't be perfect 100% of the time, but you can try 100% of the time. Mm. So that's why I think your, your message really resonated with me in the sense where I understand exactly where you're coming from and what you said. I, I could have easily taken what you said personally and gone, you know, fuck him, so, you know, snake oil, bullshit doesn't know me. I've got to take it that way like a lot of people do but you know what I have no issues being honest with myself and going you know what that was me that he's talking to me I was that person that was lashing out for no fucking reason because I was grumpy because I had a lot of me problems that I was taking out on them um but unfortunately a lot of people will look at that and straight up they'll get defensive over it because it it it, it, it um what's the word it um touches touches the nerve in their own um level of i guess this false mentality they have about themselves being this perfect human being but mate keep doing what you're doing i appreciate it chris and yeah you're doing a great thing as well man like this is this is the change not not that you need but you will see in this world it's just a question of are you, are you going to be part of that by by really owning your truth liberating yourself from the shackles of not only external critics but the critics inside and driving forward in the direction that, that you want, because it's just levels, man. We all, they're just different levels. Everyone goes through hardships, challenges, risks, 
little man, he nearly came at 20 weeks last year. So that was going to be a very bad outcome. So what am I doing? I'm coming to this office at 2am in the morning because I had five books and courses that I needed to write. And I was halfway done. Like no one hears about that stuff when I'm coming in at 2, 2.30 in the morning, working for 8, 10, 12 hours, just so I can go home and spend some time to help out the wife who's severely stressed with two other children and a baby is potentially going to come out as a stillborn. Like this is pretty fucking heavy shit, mate. We, we all have that. It's just, it's just different levels on how you see things. And you know, I've got a lot of value out of this because a lot of the times it's just a reminder to ourselves and what we need. So people who are triggered or find that good or bad, you need to ask yourself the origin, the source of that. Now, where did it come from? The agenda, why is it here? The life cycle, how long will this stay for? Am I letting my emotions and feelings construct a false reality that's self-sabotaging and I'm tall popping myself? And then understanding the direction that's, that's taking you in, man. Like it's, it's, it's such a powerful thing when, when you do that you start to own the real truth and then, then you can start to work, work with, with the actions that you need to take. Whereas a lot of people, man, they, it's unfortunate. They sweep things out of the rug and those who, who really do criticize, whether it's the internal critic or not, criticizing what they don't understand and what they're projecting is simply a reflection of their internal reality. That's why I don't get upset with these guys who abuse me. I'm like, man, this guy's got it tough because if he's doing that with me, he's carrying that pattern through to all of his relationships and everything else. So that would be very hard. Someone's in Western Australia, 3000 kilometers away and, I'm completely controlling his emotions. Like he's completely forfeited. Like that's a dangerous thing, man. That's like for him to, to forego and, and give away instead of ownership and, and, and self-liberation. It is. And I think a lot of that comes, as you said, it does come back to the individual. Now I know a lot of us get, not by our choice. I mean, if you look at from the moment we're born, we, we're, we're sort of integrated into a system where we're born, learn to walk and talk, we go to school, go through to high school then it's listen you either got to go to university or you got to get an apprenticeship or a job that's it you have no other options there's no options there's no one there's no teacher saying listen you can start your own company at 15 or 16 and if you look at the most successful people in the world all of them did that it's very common they were all failed they all failed school right and they they're clearly not stupid people but they failed and then they done something different but you know for the majority of people they do that they go to university they get a job then they to look after themselves and then pay their bills. Then they find someone, they get married, they have kids. And guess what? I've got to find a better job or I have to work harder to get a, a increased salary because the added responsibility and financial pressure that I have on my shoulders at the moment. And that's a never ending cycle. The more money you earn, the more money you spend, the more debt you accumulate, the, the harder you have to work to pay it. It's fucking brutal. And we wonder why that depression is so common. We wonder why anxiety is stress these are things that unfortunately are integrated as part of our lives you know in a world we live in where we're constantly whipped on the ass to to go harder and to it's not about that and this is the same with the people that maybe are stuck in that rut whether it be personally or even in their work lives or whatever it may be that's holding them back and and the reason why they're lashing out and they're so critical of people like yourself for for highlighting their own uh, let's call them flaws because they are fixable flaws anyway. But we all get stuck in that rut and there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's the way that we're programmed from birth, right? So look at that, accept it for what it is. And then, as I said, step out of that and look at your life. Because you know what? The thought of me personally going to work, a nine to five job for the rest of the life, my life fucking terrifies me. Like I can tell you now, that's something I do not want to do at all because 
it's something that I feel like will drain me. Like it will drain my, or drain everything I have. Like if I was at work now, I couldn't be doing this with you for two hours. I'd be at work. I'd get home. I'd be tired. I have the kids spend a few hours, dinner time, shower, bed. Right. So break out of the norm if you're able to, and if you have the ability, even if it means taking a risk, which you've done, you've taken a few of them by the sound of it in the past. And that, that one where you, you stop paying your rent for a while, that's a ballsy move in itself, but you know what? It's a risk you took and it paid off. People think that risks don't pay off. They do pay off. It's important to look at your own, in your personal situation and go, okay, I'm going to take this risk or I'm not and step out of that and do something because that really controls plays a huge part anyway in how you are to your family your wife and your kids like if you're not happy about yourself in your own life how are you going to be how are you going to be pleasant to be around so i think that's something that that needs to be looked at and i think if we can all do that and take a look in the mirror now i'm not saying look in the mirror and start talking to yourself like a psychopath but if that helps you do it i've done it mm. and, and and spoken about myself and, you know i was critical of myself and i was very honest with myself and made it help me but, you know, maybe other people can't do that or don't want to do that. But find whatever works for you, man, and stick to it. The information you're providing is there. It, it's, it's a framework, right? What you do with that is up to the individual. So what you're saying applies to every single person listening. Of course. But what they do with that is up to them. We, we won't be able to take that and all go down the same path because our lives are all different. But that's the foundation, and we've got to sort of branch off from that. Yeah, and you must walk through the door. Like our, our foundational principles that we apply here with men and fathers, I mean, teenagers could take them and apply them to their life, whereas their schooling, their sport, self-development, like, of course they can. Anyone anyone can. You know, I've got one father who's not with us but worked with us uh, in a roundabout way. He's our videographer with a lot of things we do. Uh, Randy, he's a 72-year-old Canadian, and he's learning things, right? You know, so oh. it's, it's, it's awesome. Like, it's, it's great to see that this can apply to, to everyone. And the, the big thing, mate, is like what you're, what you're saying there is just owning that truth. And I do that. I look in the mirror and I get an, an inch away, eyeball to eyeball. And I say, I love you, Al. You're the fucking man. You are the man. Now go out and win. I'm, I'm the man. Like to me, like when, when, I, when I look in the mirror and go, I am, I am the king. I'm the king of Al's castle. Not, not anyone else's. I'm not here to put yeah. it over you. You all have that power and that right. You absolutely do. And it's, it's, a, it's a powerful thing to, to recognise because you need to reinforce these things to handle the collateral damage that we all face of just people trying to chip away at us, even if it is the inner critic inside of us. And that happens. So you need to fortify and, and build that steel. And yeah, man, like it's been, it's been awesome jumping on this with you. Like for those fathers who may want to be part of, of this, uh, you know, I've got a free community that I'm more than happy to extend or offer or give an invite to you, our HPF community, where... But, you know, I want that to, to be something where fathers don't necessarily have to feel like they need to. And it's not about money for me to feed my family tomorrow. Here's a free community. Come on board. I coach these guys nearly every single day in this free community with one-off stuff, like live, live videos, coaching sessions that I actually don't put inside my paid community. So we are here, man, because the way that we express our energy and stand up as leaders can help other leaders rise too. And that's something that no one should, should neglect. And, I guess on that note, mate, a big thing that I want everyone to realize is you are your greatest asset. But the second that you forget that is the moment that you become your greatest liability. Too many people are becoming their own liabilities, mate, when they know just a little bit beneath the surface is a fucking amazing asset to turn their life around. Very well said.
that sum that, that that sums it up in one point. It's um, I think a lot of us don't look at ourselves that way. We look at ourselves as no, I've, I've I'm guilty of that, as always being too critical of myself and thinking I could do better. Why aren't I doing this? And it's important as to step back and to look at the things you are doing as well and build on that. Fix the shit you're doing wrong, what you could do better with, but also accept and acknowledge and be proud of what you're doing right and build on that and become better at that. So you've got to look at it both ways. Mm. And if you don't, if you look at it one way, you're going to have an imbalance, right? If you look at yourself too critically, you're going to fucking fall apart. If you look at yourself like you're the shit and that you have no problems, you're going to fall apart. There's a balance between both, both ends. And that's important to find. I can't tell people how to do that. And you can't even tell people how to do that, really. You can give us the foundation, but people have to bring that out in themselves to, to identify what's you know unique to them. Yeah, they must walk through the door. And it's never that you're not enough. You are enough. And I say it to my men as well. You are enough. It's not about being unsatisfied. And it's definitely not about the grind. Like life isn't the grind. Yes, I gave examples of times that I've had to grind through pockets of life, but you know, I, I cut a lot of my profits down because I have 10 other coaches with me and some are part-time, some are permanent, but I'm feeding 10 other families as well. Like that's something I'm very proud of. And I'd rather do that than now kicking back on his own and actually getting nowhere and not having the impact he can and destroying his own family and relationships because I'm doing hundred hour weeks. When in actual fact, I'm not. You know, I'm doing 25 to 40 hours a week, depending on what the family needs. And I'm helping build other leaders. And this is, this is what we do. And, and this is how we work. And, you know, w- when you recognize that, it can be anything like what you said, Chris, some people won't want to start businesses. That's cool. We'll dominate your career, your work. Like if you love working nine to five, that's not Chris's jam. Look, it's not mine either. But if you love that and you have a specific gift, continually invest in yourself and you might create something off that, or you might continue up the chain and become an integral, an integral part of that organization. That's awesome. Like you all have your own gifts, but it's when people just settle just because I think that's what your point was made on something because that's what they're exposed to. There's the debt, there's the money, there's the lifestyle. And then all of a sudden they look back one day and they're like, what the fuck happened to my life? I'm 53. I'm, I'm about to get divorced. My children don't even know me. It's, what was all of this for? Who would want to rebuild their life in their fifties, man? Oh, and 60. You think like just thinking fuck. about it hurts your head. Yeah. Trying to rebuild that. It'd, it'd be, you know what? It'd almost be impossible. And by then it's too late. Like if you're in your fifties and you just realize you fucked up in your fifties, which does happen, of course. And it happens to a lot of people, unfortunately, because it's sad, but what are you going to do at 50? What, what can you rebuild? Like you're 50. That's the reality of it. And, and people need to be aware of that. They need to be scared of that. People need to be fearful of that. Don't get mm-hmm. complacent and think, you know what? My wife's always there for me. I can do whatever the fuck I want. She'll always be there because she needs me. You know what, my kids, I'm their father. They'll respect me no matter what. No, stop being fucking complacent. That's not the case. Your wife may be there for a while and put up with it, but she's not going to do it forever. And as you said, you're going to be 53-year-old one day and, and your wife's going to walk out the door. What, what are you going to do at 53? You're done. You're as close to being done as you can. Mm. So put the work in now and use that as, as motivation. If you're 52 year old, listen, you're 52 years old listening to this now, I hope that terrifies you. I hope it does. Because that's what we need. We need to be scared of that. Because it's a reality that I see a lot, a lot of. What's the average rate of divorce? Do you know off the top of your head? 50% at 46 years of age. Fuck that. Can you imagine? Like if you were to okay, divorce isn't a good period, but can you imagine getting divorced at 56 
What's that, 46? 46 years 46, of age. 46. Generally the average age, and it's half the pop half the population. Okay, so 46. If you get divorced at 28, it's nowhere near as bad. But mm. if you get divorced at 46, well, that's the thing that needs to, to scare people. You don't want to get divorced, period, but especially the back end of your life. And that all, what determines that is the work you put in now. Right? Mm. Doesn't have to be a huge amount of work. You don't have to spend all your time focusing on it, but just little things. As you said, up to what, 90 minutes a week? Falls mm. on honey and honey and handsome time? H and H time, man. H and H yeah, time. Gone. Do that. It's not hard. It has to be something spectacular. Have to go to the movies or take her out on a boat for dinner. Just go for a walk. You know, as you said, man, just something simple like cooking a meal together, painting together, having a picnic at the back. On the, you know, something simple. It doesn't need to be. It's it's the thought, and it's the the one on one time, the connection that makes a difference. And getting uh, and getting it, and getting the order right too. Like we're the handsome ones. They're the honeys. So if there's a man out there and he calls himself the honey and the wife handsome, we've got some problems. But... <laughs> I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it happens. Yeah, that's, yeah the, the, little, the little steps, man. That's it's what it's all about. Not, not the big home runs. The little, the little one percenters every day on uh, a general outlook and, and optimism to improving, improving life. You're right. Um, in your 50s, look, some can move forward and rebuild. Some of your listeners may be in their 50s and in that position. You can rebuild and move forward. You can't rebuild what you had. And you can own that, but those who are listening around in that position, take that as a gift. You know, my father for about 15 years was not my hero. It was, it was hard because he was such a strong man, built our own home, come over on the boat, Italian. Fuck, mate, he was, he was the titan. And I lost him for 15 years and he's, he's coming back. But in that period, that was a lesson for me. And I made that declaration when we did an event in Kosciuszko last year to the men in the inside us. And I did break down and I got teary. I said, there's one thing my father's taught me is that I will never not be the hero to my children fucking ever. I don't get it right every single day, but across years and decades, I will never not be the hero to my children. And I'm not their mate. I'm their fucking father. They'll have lots of mates. They'll only ever have one father. Yeah. I hear a lot of fathers say that. Oh, you're my kids and my mates as well. well you got to have a boundaries and you can be a father and be a friend. Mm. I think in order to be a good father, you have to be a good friend, right? You don't want to always be the one that, you know, the kids grow up and they think, oh, you know, they only get spoken to by dad when I've done something wrong. Or every time I've done something wrong, it's only, it, it's, you know, it's aggression and, and negativity coming back at me. We've got to be friends where we can talk to them and talk them through what's happening and, and provide guidance. Not just you had a cigarette, you're 13 years old, get here and I'm going to kick you up the ass, right? Yeah. Which is what happened with me growing up. I said, I'd get to uh, flog them with the belt when I was doing something like that. So, um, like there's there's diff you have to look at it, but then you can't be overly friendly because there's got to be that there's got to be that respect that the father the child there's always that, that that level there, but at the same time you want them to be comfortable enough to talk to you mm. and confide in you with anything that's going on in their life because I'm seeing less and less of that and I see that happen a lot where parents are too fucking busy for their kids and that one thing it gets to me yeah. too busy for their kids. And one thing I've seen lately, and don't get me wrong, it's a good thing, but I'm seeing parents all of a sudden that they're locked down start giving a fuck about their kids. They start taking their kids to the park now. Where's that been your whole life? Mm. Where's that been your whole life? All of a sudden you want to take them there so you can get out too, because otherwise you can't go anywhere. So now you want to involve your kids. I hate that shit. It shouldn't be like that. Mm. You should always want to do things with your kids. So 
I think you've, you've got to have that balance of, of yes, you're the father, the parent, and they're the child, but at the same time, you want them to be able to come up to you and approach you with issues they've got and work through it as a team, right? Mm. Yeah, definitely, so, man. Love, love and respect, you know, and respect is a representation of value. That's why being a father is important, but you're right. I completely agree too. You, you need to be that that open-ended approach where they can they can come to you and see you as, whether it's a leader or a mentor. Like, this is the thing people forget. Like you are in complete control of their environment and nothing influences your internal environment more than your external environment. I think what's happening right now is pretty clear. doesn't mean it creates an absolute, but it certainly influences you. So what kind of environment are you influencing your children in and under and with? Yeah, um, those parents that do that, like the parents that are, are starting to step up now because they're forced to, let's be honest, they're not given much of an option. They've got to step up now and take the kids to the park because they're at home with their kids. They've got to homeschool their kids. That's fine. That's good. Use that and build off that. Look, okay, you know what? I haven't been the best parent. I could have been better. And this has really opened my eyes up to the fact that I could have been more present in their lives. And I actually enjoy spending time with them. Then I say it all the time, man. Oh, I'm too tired. I work. I, I'm, I work. I've got meetings on the phone. Like, fuck off. Like, if, if you live your life to work, you get a serious problem. Major problem. And, and mate, I say that too much. And, and that's one thing I've, I've enjoyed seeing. The more parents are out with their kids and going for walks and bike rides and at parks. And that's a good thing. Great thing. But let that also be a lesson to those, those parents who maybe haven't done that, that sort of thing in the past, but it's taken this period of time to bring that out of them. Mm. But our yeah. mate, I've got to go, mate. I've got a million and one things I've got to do in a very short period of time, but it's been a pleasure talking to you and we'll definitely do it again, mate. I'll post all your links up in the description of this podcast and I'll post your pages. So where can people find you? Hey, look, the, if, if there's fathers out there and they want to join that free community, like I said, type in HPF community in, in Facebook. Uh, you know, more, more than happy to accommodate and have you in and you'll get a huge amount of value out of the coaching there. And one, there's two rules, two cardinal rules. There's no dickheads. We've got a no dickhead policy and I'll never sell anything inside that group. I don't, I don't sell in that group. I just provide value. So it's, it's not the old bait switch hook or any of that sort of shit. Guys come in and, and we coach them. We help them for free and no dickheads, any fuckwits come up, they're gone. So I want to offer that and extend that out. And uh, I'd love to have you in there as well, man, if, if you like, like I said, there's, you know, happy to stay connected in any way, shape or form. And then look, they can, they can find me anywhere. I mean, I've, I've got Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Real Dad Movement, High Performance Father is the page you'll find on Facebook. But uh, you can find Real Dad Movement everywhere as well. I've got my own podcast um, and, and the YouTube channel. So I'll share with you my link. I've got a link tree that, that gives them all that. But mate, they, they can find me anywhere. You type in the search engine, it'll, it'll pop up. But any of those fathers, like I said, if they do want to come on, on board inside that free community, more than happy to have you, mate. And I just want to say um, a big thank you to you as well, Chris. Really appreciate what you're doing in your work, man. And it's, it's a powerful thing that's, that's very needed. Regardless of someone's position or perspective, they need to understand that there's, there's always a gift and value. And when you're looking at facts, truth, and driving away from fear towards, you know, the possibilities and, and ownership and empowerment, um, that's an awesome thing that you're doing, man. So well done. I appreciate that. I wish... Um... It'll get there, man. It's working. People are starting to tune in, and well, that's evident. Um, in the like, in general, I've seen a switch in the last few months. And you know what? I'm I'm not here to to tell people what to do. And you're probably in the same position. You're here to guide people and and to provide. My case in particular, I want to just provide information, an alternative point of view from people that maybe haven't got the opportunity to speak on a huge platform or. They've had their accounts banned or censored for saying the wrong things. 
those people deserve a right to give their, whether they're right or wrong, it's still a valid opinion. So mm. I think that's really what's doing well at the moment. It's, it's opening people's eyes up and, and that's what matters to me the most. And mate, I, I do want to speak to people and not only that, mate, people like yourself who look at things from a sort of more of a holistic point of view where it's not all about medications and drugs and you can do this and do that to achieve. You can do things. And I spoke to a lady, a nutritionist and, and biomed, chemical biomed engineer who looks at gut bacteria and common problems with children, how to avoid those by eating different things. And mate, it, it, that's what I love doing. Because I learn, I probably learn more than anybody, right? But it's good to get that message out to people. But there is an alternative, like there's different points of view and there's different things that can help you. It's not all about, you know, going to the chemist and picking up shit. It's not all about just doing what you're told to do because you're told to do it. It's about questioning things, think critically of, and and try and not, don't follow blindly. That's the main thing I'd love to say. Don't follow uh, blindly. And your messages, mate, in your groups, they might not be for everybody. I'm sure they're not. But, you know, do with it what you can. If it's a value to you, take it on board. If it's not, who cares? So, mate, I, I, I love what you're doing, mate. I love that you offer up that free group as well because that's what, um, you know, the last thing people want is to be constantly, you know, smashed with shit every day, you know, pay this for this and get this and buy that. So it's good to offer the free group to them. And then if they find value in that, mate, those people will go and, and, and join your program because they want to. And that's, that's important. That's, that's building value in your brand, mate. So well done. Mm. Oh, cheers, man. Appreciate it. And you're right. It's free thinkers, mate. You know, not what to think, how to think. And that's, that's a powerful thing that, um, that I take as well from every interaction I have, regardless, like you said, whether it's right or wrong, the opinions is always a value and a line that we can draw from. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mate. It's been an honor. You're welcome back anytime. I'll post the links for everybody listening in the description of this podcast, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Mate, there's a lot of platforms out there <laughs> that Thanks. I didn't know of. I didn't know. I was like, I'll put it out there. And I'm getting all these reports from like these different websites. I'm thinking, I think it's on like 21 different platforms. I know of four or five of them. Wow. So, yeah. so it's getting there. That's but Al, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, man. Great catching up, bro. Appreciate it as well, man. All the best. See you, mate. Catch soon. See you, mate.